What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 234. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined by this lovely cast of characters in front of you to talk all the biggest topics in gaming with industry, technical, and legal insight. Mr. Dan Rodriguez is here, as always. How you doing, brother? I'm here. Probably my fault we were a little late. My bad. <laughs> Technically, I was here before 10 o'clock, but it was like two minutes, so... This is true. This is true. Yeah. But that's pretty much every week. So I don't know why you're bringing it up this week. I, but. Know. I'm ready. <laughs> I was ready at 9:58. This saying. is true. This yeah. is true. As always, <laughs> the dapper looking Mr. Tie Guy Travis. What's happening, dude? McClunky. Oh, oh. Very <laughs> okay. All right. Very All right. McClunky today. Yeah, that was that was I think he was going for McClunky. the McClunky. Uh, All right, there McClunky. we go. There you go. Get in. Let's get psyched, psyched, guys. All right. People already talking about the outline for Hogue. Hogue is with us in spirit. We're starting out with the with the standard outline this morning. Don't worry. The gold will return at the right time. Um, So before we get started today, uh, well, topics today, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, Obviously, we're going to be talking about kind of the layoffs across not only the tech sector, um, but uh, Microsoft and Xbox, Riot Games, uh, a few other things. Uh, obviously, the big topic today is what's going on over at 343 Industries, some of the information and in the uh, I shared and others shared in the article I wrote and what that ties to, uh, along with the bigger conversation of just live service in general. Um, I think Travis has some really good kind of uh, thoughts on that and uh, that we've discussed before, but I think we're seeing some of the things come to light um that we're going to talk about we've obviously got psvr2 launching in about a month and we got some more in the launch lineup on that we've got the next episode of the last of us uh coming up tonight but we can talk about what we thought about the debut and a few other things as well before we get to that um want to say that uh hogue talked to us last night we talked to hogue um so we obviously have a, a big cash chat with the four of us and uh I will say that Hogue is, uh, you know, doing as well as can be. He's progressing well, working hard. Obviously, you know, everything we've said before uh, about it being obviously a very tough thing to go through and kind of the struggle. But, um, you know, in terms of spirit, as uh, Mrs. Hogue and co-counsel continues to update everyone, it sounds like he's in uh, good spirits. His wit and humor are, are fully uh, intact, of course. And uh, he said he is climbing up the walls ready to get out of there and wants to rejoin uh not only our conversation here but obviously his own uh content creation and everything that he likes to do so um you know good to hear from him does anybody else better better enjoy it while we can because he'll be back soon you know (laughs) at at this rehab center like when he's like on twitter and sending messages like underneath the blanket like so, his wife doesn't see him. <laughs> He's just hiding. Yeah, yeah. Comes over, what are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it was good to it was good to see him in the chat again. So that's awesome. Good news. Yeah, I told him no peeking because we were talking about the uh, the right. lovely uh, Cracker Barrel slash Resident Evil Six package that we're sending his way, and uh, you know it was spoilers. No spoilers, Hoke. No. Yeah. So. But um, he'll be back with us. We told him we'll do him proud today. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward, obviously, to when he comes back. But as Travis said, we'll take advantage, you know, while he's not here. I'll miss this photo because it's the only time we had a similar dress code. 
<laughs> that's very true i thought about recreating it this week i was gonna wear like a gray suit and and put the blue shirt blue tie oh, and i just couldn't bring myself to be that one note you know that that's like a really <laughs> rookie move to do like blue shirt and blue tie it just it it bothered me so i i just couldn't pull it off i went with i went with this instead sorry guys Wow! Sorry, Hoge. Wow. I can't. I can't be that basic, even if I try. <laughs> Colin Hogue, one note, right at the start of the show. All right, like man. It. All right. I like Welcome it. Welcome back. If you want to fight me, you're gonna to have to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> know the warning signs. Know the warning signs. No warning signs at all. We've got the uh, super chat right out of the gate from Mister Tao. Man, Let's hit it up. Tao. I know. Uh, Bitcasters, so me and Elu will convert Ains to play Monster Hunter Rise. Halo will get his blood pressure too high. LOL. Have fun, guys. Hashtag shrimp fried rice. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Tao. Yeah, if I'm looking a little tired this morning, I was up late streaming Halo last night, uh, ranked, which if you play Halo Infinite ranked, you know the frustration levels that will cause, uh, along with drinking and chatting and everything else. So I'm uh, I'm a little out of it this morning, but we're gonna we're gonna push on through. So and no, I'm not going to play Monster Hunter Rise. Is a good game though. It's pretty good. Don't don't you guys start. No, but here's the here's the great thing about Monster Hunter Rise, is that part of the difficulty is the controls. It's kind of like uh, that game uh, Quop, you know, the the Quop (laughs) game where you're running around. It's kind of like that. It's like like the the controls are so weird. I love that game. You should play it. It's actually pretty good. It just takes a really long time to get into, but then once you get a hold of it, you're kind of like laughing and hanging out with friends and fighting one monster for 45 minutes. It's a, it's a good time. It's like Dark Souls. If the Dark Souls controls were intentionally hard to use, mm. so like Dark Souls One, it's a throwback. <laughs> and yes, Dan, it is out. It came out on Friday. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. It's yes, good, good, it's a good time. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So, Tal, thank you, man. Fat Boy Horror coming out of the gate with its super chat as well. Right off the gate, Ains, the home cinema is awesome, by the way. Yes. How do you feel about Halo being redone from scratch as a more horror slash adult game? Because apparently the (laughs) kids don't appreciate Halo. That is a Ains question. It is, it is, and he's he's referencing something there. There's a there's a lot of hot takes around Halo, obviously, over the past couple days, and uh, I will get. I will answer that because I feel that's going to kind of jump into our bigger conversation. I will get back to that fat boy. I promise. Um, That's great about the cinema though. We were talking about home uh, theaters the other day and we have a home theater channel in our discord, which is what he's referring to. So he bought some new equipment and it's awesome to, uh, you know, to see people enjoying that stuff. So thank you fat boy. And we will come back to the halo question. Uh, Googleman as well. Good old Googleman. Crazy this morning. All right. The menu is very timely uh, and poignant social commentary and likely to promote burger consumption to unknown heights. Maybe. Video games. Fantastic. Still on my <laughs> list of things to watch. I gotta do that. <laughs> We're coming out of the gate with all sorts of topics this morning. Uh, yeah, the menu is on HBO Max. Um, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Um, what is that? The menu? Ralph Fiennes and um, Taylor Joy. And um, it's a it's a very kind of interesting take and commentary. Uh, it's they call it like a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. Um, 
it's more of like I don't even know what you would call it to be honest with you. It's like the fly. <laughs> you see the fly with Jeff Goldblum? I've seen the fly, but I, I didn't movie. expect that comparison. Classic movie. It's like it's because you know how that movie's not really uh horror, but it's gross. It's gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of at that same level. It's it's a good okay. movie though. Right. I, I still need to watch it, but uh you know. Thanks for the recommendation. Mazel Googleman. <laughs> it is a good movie. I liked it anyway. So, all right. Thank you guys right out of the gate, man. Appreciate you. Um, all right. Let's go back to our frame here. Morning, Chad. Good morning, everyone. Or good afternoon, I should say, to a lot of you as well. All right. So, guys, why don't we jump over to what we're currently playing? Um, I know that, uh, like we said, Monster Hunter Rise came out on Friday on, on the modern consoles on Game Pass as well. I know Persona uh, 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden are both out on modern consoles as well, which is awesome. I installed uh, 4 Golden because I love that game, but um, I haven't gotten to it yet. But uh, what, what have we been playing? Anything good? Can you talk about anything today, Travis? No. I Yeah, I'm just... It sucks so much. I'm, I'm really in between, so... My review started early January, but none of the embargoes lift until late January. So starting um, starting this week, I'll st- my first review and my first preview are both coming out, and then I'll be able to talk about everything. So, um, And then you know I'm going to continue to work on stuff and have things I can talk about as we go. Um, I can't talk about stuff I've been playing that has nothing to do with reviews, which I've been playing uh, Fire Emblem Engage. I'm still working my nice. way through Temtem, playing a lot of... Uh, um, you know, I'm also working my way through God of War. Uh, I got a lot. I, I got a lot of stuff I need to uh, catch up on as well. Um, so I'm getting through that. And um, yeah, I think that's all the major stuff. Last night I had some friends over. We played Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. You guys ever play that one? I haven't played it, but I've heard about it and seen it. Quite yes. good. Quite fun. Yeah, I, that's a that's an oldie but a goodie. So, uh, but yeah, I guess the main hot new is Fire Emblem, which I'm a big fan of the series. I will say. Uh, the opening hours are not exactly amazing. It's like nine different tutorials back to back to back and a really like cheesy JRPG anime storyline that kind of had me rolling my eyes quite a bit. Um, and I also played it in front of a friend who is really critical of, of games that treat you like a kid. And so uh, there's a lot of that. But but it does get good. And it's got real difficult, super risky, tactical uh, combat on the I'm playing on the hardest difficulty with uh, permadeath enabled, so it's gonna be cool. Um, if you are into tactical games and difficult games, um, that game's awesome. So, but it is weird. Somebody in the in the comments said Fire Emblem gets a bit weird with some of the relationships. <laughs> Lol. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. It <laughs> sure does. It's very Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem's super weird, super anime, a little bit much, and this is no exception. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, Secret McSquirrel. Shout out to McSquirrel for sharing all the Hogue uh, links and stuff. By the way, uh, I forgot to pin Hogue's. Uh, go find me at the top. I'll do that right now as we're talking here. Uh, Sardinism has a question here. She says, I'm having a dilemma. Newer gamer missed a ton. So Game Pass and PlayStation Plus Extra equals basically a whole wish list. It does. $20 a month extra on entertainment. I'm slow at games. Is it worth it? Yes. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, yes. Glad we could help, right? I mean, one or the other, maybe, but I don't think you need both right away. I mean, just it depends of, what your attention span yeah. is. If you're the type of person to jump between games like me, 
absolutely worth it. If you're the type of person where you just play one game until it's done, then pick one that you care about more and then just pay for one subscription at a time until you're through all the games you want to work through. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's absolutely worth it. 20 bucks. Come on. Yeah, I, w- I would do it. If you've got the series X, get game pass, uh, at least for a month and see what's on there. If you find something you like either, you know, keep it going or buy the game outright, you know, you get a discount. Uh, but I, I would steer clear of the PlayStation one until maybe you've gone through, there's no reason to have both of them unless you, yeah, unless you like Travis said, your attention span is super short. I think, you know, it, it doesn't really do you any good. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of those games, there's a lot of overlap. There's overlap and a lot of those games are big, right? Like if yeah, you go on PS plus, the biggest games, if you haven't played, you know, if you're talking about all the Sony first party stuff, the, the God of Wars, the, Uncharted, the Ghost of Tsushima, Horizons, all those games can take tens and tens or dozens, whatever word you want to use, lots of hours. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of get the point. If you're going to pick one and play it, pick pick one service, go through it, and then maybe rotate. Speaking yeah. of picking one, somebody asked Fire Emblem Engage or Midnight Suns. I would say pretty easy, at least for me so far, Midnight Suns, because um, I, I, I think for Axis is just the goat when it comes to those sorts of games and uh the um kind of social link stuff i prefer to fire emblem so far i'm still early in fire emblem engage but i did beat Min- midnight suns a couple weeks ago and uh what a game it was great really great so yeah still going does midnight suns actually have a decent story no it's okay. kind of but i mean no not, it's, no it's, it's, no, not, it's, it's not, not good it's not Dan, important. come on Come on, it's, it's not, not good. important. It's not. It's, it's not, not great. Don't say it's that it's good, good and then also that it's not important. It's not well, good. It's, just, it's not mean, good, and that's that's fine. <laughs> it's not really what it's about. It's yeah. Fine. I mean, the, the problem is, it's you, you. You sit there, you play it, and like you forget about it because not because it's forgettable necessarily, but there's so much to do that it's hard to keep on that course the whole way. And so you kind of come back to it, like, oh yeah, that was happening, you know, fifty different missions ago because I was screwing around in the abbey and doing just side missions for two days you know so it's hard to kind of keep coming back to it it's not terrible it's just not gonna blow you Let's away just put it this way nothing in the story happens that you really are missing out on you will not be surprised by anything oh, no. you won't have any moments that make you go oh wow that was really cool you'll just be like there was a story certainly and that'll be <laughs> it that'll be the entire thing so i mean I, yeah i just i i can't give it points for that too early to tell on Fire Emblem Engage. I can tell that they're setting up some stuff that's going to be super anime because I've just played too many JRPGs. Um, but is it going uh, through those know. tropes again? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. got you know spirits and some time stuff, and you know it's just very Fire Emblem. So I'm sure it's going to have some crazy twist. You're going to have a clone or something. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but but it's uh, yeah, it's doing its thing. Um, we'll see if it's good. Uh, but so far, both both are great tactical turn-based games um if i had to recommend one over the other i would recommend midnight sun so far but we'll just see gotcha yeah i can't do it i mean i've talked about it like those the the kind of jrpg tropes uh unless they really do something unique more like the personas which i like i i just can't do it anymore they don't do it for me but uh midnight suns is interesting if honestly if i had more time and i wasn't trying to get through forbidden west now and you know playing halo as i always do and joke about um i would have bought it by now but with dead space about to hit this week and then kind of the flood 
coming next month. There's just no way I get to Midnight Suns. There's no way. So, yeah. this is pumped about Fair Dead enough. Space, though. Well, I, I haven't heard great things from the people who've previewed Dead Space, but really, I, mean, I, hope, I hope they're wrong. Yeah, there's like been some red flags under the on the DL for people who previewed <laughs> that game that I know. They're like, eh, I don't know. So okay. I hope that's I hope that's wrong. I hope it's maybe they were working out some kinks because uh, I th this is like a month ago I started hearing this from a couple of people who played it. They were like, I was like, oh, really? So we'll see. Mm. Man, yeah. Um, I have been playing Forbidden West. Um, I am not a ton. Like it's not a game I sit down. It's weird. It's not a game I sit down and will play for hours on end. Not that I uh, usually have hours on end. Um, I'll play it in like small little chunks. Like I'll do it. I'll do one mission, play for an hour, and then I turn it off. And I do that kind of intermittently here and there. So really enjoying it still. Um, but I do feel it. It going from The Witcher to Forbidden West was probably a mistake yet again. Yeah, uh, like trying to do Forbidden it. West with Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, like uh, because um, Forbidden West is beautiful as it is and and the, the combat that I love. There's a lot of things I, I like about it. Um, from a uh, uh, kind of world design perspective, it is very, um, I would call it formulaic, right? Like it's very like it's got cauldrons and then it's got your towns and you've got your side quests and it's very kind of plotted out, uh, which is a complaint I have about uh, a lot of the PlayStation first party stuff and Ubisoft we've talked about before. And that's not really to detract from it, um, but it does have a different feel than something like Witcher, which is a lot more kind of, uh, I would say, deeper RPG kind of, you know, there's just more to discover, which is more up my alley. Um, so it's a little tough, but I'm still enjoying it, still playing it. So going to keep working through it. <clears throat> I've been playing, this is going to sound weird, Warhammer 40K Inquisitor Martyr. Yeah. Yeah, nice. good games. So good. It's not. I haven't it's like played Diablo it, but I've heard Light. good things. Yeah, it, it's it's top down, you know, ARPG, you know, and it, it's it's just it, it's like Diablo. I, I haven't gotten super deep into it yet. In fact, I just got past like the first like tutorial section, but it's really good. I've had a really good time with it. It's simple, you know, but it's also I I can see where it. You know, it gets those comparisons to Diablo, uh, but I just don't think it's going to get to that loot level of Diablo ever. Not even close. No, that's what <laughs> kills me with other ARPGs because, like, I can like the combat, the the world design, the yeah. character building, but if the if the loot is not really deep and like really interesting to where I'm continually, you know, right. tuning it and finding new stuff and getting that kind of. Uh, carrot on a stick feeling it, it just it kills it for me like i need that in my arpgs and i'm i'm super early so that maybe that changes i have no idea good I, you know i i've recently kind of got back into like like just watching some videos on 40k i used to really be into it with the miniatures and stuff like that and i was like oh man really paint. i would never so, yeah, have I had, thought about you dan had two giant armies fully painted i can't what paint faction anymore. i had the eldar and then i had yes. a uh like a seven or eight thousand point dark angels regiment basically nice yeah i uh i i was extremely poor as a child so i mostly just sat in game sh shops and hobby shops and watched people do it but it was always one of those games i was just like damn if if i were rich this would be it's the so dumbest expensive. thing ever made yeah it's oh incredibly expensive 
yeah it was yeah. It, it was yeah that was right around my college years so it was always like okay do i want to eat or do i need a new inquisitor you know it's just like you know it, yeah it, it, but it, yeah it's super fun they had like there was a blood bowl game i played that too which was yeah super fun i remember like, blood bowl. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm partial to the swarm lord yeah i like the swarm the no the, the um chaos the, the tyranids oh the tyranids yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyranids are cool. Fantastic. I don't know what happened to this show all of a sudden. I love it. We're talking about Warhammer. I know. Game. It's, God, it's back awesome. Back off. Back yeah. off, bro. Mm. Back off. All right. All right. <laughs> I should still have the army downstairs somewhere. I love that <laughs> Christy cool. says, I love that we're always learning new things about Dan. He is. He's yeah, just like an cool. onion. He's you just peel back guy. layers. Peel He's back layers. Guy. You think he hates everything, and then every once in a while you see just a beacon of his childhood <laughs> joy. The light just peeks he, out from the darkness. Yeah, you find a little piece of Dan that survived the world killing him. You know what I mean? There's just like there's behind layer and layer of rotted flesh, there's just a piece of him still beating. It's nice. Like once a month, you know, kind of shock people. It's like that zombie that you know you know he's dead, but but he just stares at you for just a second long. You know what I mean? And you're like, there's something still there. You know, he's he's in there somewhere. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, it, nice. Dan. That's really good. Oh, appreciate in four, it. In four days, Freelancer comes out, so everything's off the table, basically. Hitman. For yeah. Ah. Took me a second. I was like, what Hello, games Ames and I are like, I don't know what Freelancer is, but yeah, I, I know it took me a second. Something in Hitman that must be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a couple of super chats to grab here from a uh, random name. Random name, four nine nine super chat. Uh, one of my favorite parts of my Sundays. Also, I wish Sega would bring back Shining Force. Ooh, yes. Name, to compete with Fire Emblems. Hey, I'm, I'm yeah. that. Great shout out. Yeah, Shining Force is yeah, an amazing yeah. series, which actually started with Shining in the Darkness. Uh, which I think I still have my Genesis copy of Shining in the Darkness. But fantastic series between that and Fantasy Star, some of my favorites of all time. Um, great era for... Between those games on on Genesis or Mega Drive, if you're over in Europe, um, and uh, the uh, we were just talking in DMs, Dan, about the classic Square... Yeah. En- not Square Enix, Jesus, Square Soft. Square Soft. Uh, 16-bit RPGs. Th- those 16-bit RPG days were untouchable. I mean, yes. the, the number of classics is just amazing man thank you though appreciate you um sorry got the other super chat here from mr don lionheart the ten dollar super chat hello friends i hope everyone has been well i missed participating lately i flew to turkey last week oh got a hair transplant Seven thousand seven hundred and fifty grafts equals hopefully not bald anymore love you all (laughs) wow dude how was turkey though because my Uh, yeah i was turkey that's really what i know yeah, she loves Turkey. That's all she does, dude. Like, she will sit there and watch shows in Turkish on Netflix. <laughs> she doesn't speak Turkish. I got I to gotta, I gotta be honest. You guys are throwing me for more loops this morning than I have ever expected in a big cast. We've gone through movies. Me. We've gone through we're, Warhammer. We're we've gone done. through Turkish traveling. Yeah. I don't know what's going on this, this is morning. It's all Dan today. I can't <laughs> Listen, man. Like, that's what she calls it. I was like, what are you watching? Turkish? I'm like, it's just, it's like, it's like if you took like, like the Law and Order or like soap operas and kind of mix them together, and then put them in Turkey. 
That's what she watches. I swear to God, Dan and his family are aliens pretending to be humans. <laughs> they're just they're, they they mostly understand. They've had humans described to them, but they haven't had any direct contact. They're like the Chat they're... GPT of humans. Yeah, exactly. They're that's just weird. doing things kind of like humans do them. But you're like you're like that's not that's not normal. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I did not expect that. Neither from Don nor you, Dan. So that is that's awesome. That's amazing though, Don. I hope it I hope it went well. Um, let us know how Turkey was. You don't have to super chat again. Just put it in the chat. We'll find it. Uh, but thank you. Appreciate that. And, uh, hope you hope. Yeah. Hope it went well. Yeah. Also bald is beautiful. Yeah. Just put that eh. out there. Shut up. Travis. Somebody, somebody who may also be facing that <laughs> dilemma in the future. I don't, know. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Um, I also wanted to quickly shout out cause Benjamin too good in the chat mentioned it. Did you guys see this trailer for sky oblivion? That is going around the uh, like gigantic mod for Elder Scrolls Oblivion, which kind of updates it with aspects from Skyrim. But, you know, it's like a complete overhaul of the world of Oblivion. Basically, ob- Oblivion made with uh, like a Skyrim engine, more or less. Like they kind of. Uh, I don't know the details. I don't want to say something that may sound stupid. So I've just seen the trailer. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, there's uh, the modding communities you know, is amazing, right? And some of the things they create are like full-blown games, essentially, or updates to games. And this looks like one of those that's going to completely rethink what Oblivion is in 2024, I guess. So uh, pretty so, crazy so to think about. So it's Oblivion... 2025, sorry. In Skyrim? It's not no, Skyrim. No, no it, it is. They're recreating the Oblivion game, but I think they're doing it with modern like engine and graphics and game okay. mechanics. So they're basically trying to make Oblivion as if it were made in kind of the same level made now. as Skyrim. Yeah, I or, feel or like even that's a waste now. of time. They should have just done Morrowind. I agree. I completely agree. Although, although I'm pretty sure they're doing the Shivering Isle, which we've talked about being amazing content. So, true. I don't Very know. True. I I think I think Oblivion is held up mostly by its engine and the fact that you play it and you're kind of like this is a this is an old damn game um so i don't know maybe maybe it's the right choice i'll i'll check it out yeah some people i know my stepson was pumped about it he likes oblivion better than uh better than skyrim which i found some people do and i don't know you always remember your first you know i think it's because oblivion was the first uh, elder scrolls game that had a mass market appeal and then Skyrim yes, had a huge mass market appeal. And so I think some people who got in in the Oblivion era feel like they <laughs> you know, were a part of something and they have like a special connection with that entry specifically. I played the crap out of that game, but because I played Morrowind even more somehow, Morrowind is sort of my game. But I get it. I get why you would love Oblivion. It's a great yeah, game. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And Stop I will right say there, that. you criminal scum. <laughs> I will say that Oblivion, to your point about mass market appeal, right? It was uh, on the 360. And when you first played that game on the 360 in 2006, I believe it was, uh, that game was mind blowing. It really was. It was, yeah. Um, you know, it was supposed so. to be a launch title. I think it ended up coming out a couple months after the 360 launched, but because it got delayed, obviously, it's a Bethesda game. Um, but yeah, that, uh, th- that game was really <laughs> impressive at the time. It really was. No doubt. It was the best expansion. Super did some super cool stuff. <sighs> but yeah, thank you. Great game. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Why don't we jump over to kind of our main topic today, which is going to be a broad discussion 
on um, you know what's going on across the tech industry. Obviously, we don't have to touch on that too long, but it impacting gaming to a degree. Um, so, a couple, you know, since the start of the year, so it looks like uh, from the tech sector, over two hundred thousand jobs uh, let go. Um, you've got Amazon, you've got Google, twelve thousand the other day. Amazon, eighteen thousand. Microsoft, ten thousand. You know, Twitter, uh, a bunch of others. Um, in terms of gaming, right, the biggest news this week, I think, in that space was because of Microsoft letting go 10,000 jobs. Uh, Xbox was impacted to a degree. It doesn't sound like it was very large scale directly of first party studios, but we know that some people at Bethesda were let go. I don't know an official count there. And of course, the biggest topic for today is really around 343 and that future there. Um, we also don't forget that Stadia shut down this week, guys. Um, so it is, uh, that is officially, you know, rest in peace and, uh, you know, great tech, bad support and, uh, uh, Stadia's servers. I have been, I have learned IGN has learned that Stadia servers are now powering Google meet like the conferencing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought okay. you meant M-E-A-T meet. I was like, what the hell is meet? <laughs> no. Which, I, which I'm, I'm baffled that Google Meet isn't better because Stadia's servers, I think, were the one thing we can all agree was pretty good. Anyway, I digress. Go, go on. <laughs> no, and then uh, I saw Riot Games announce some, uh, you know, some uh, layoffs as well. And, um, you know, it's just... Oh, and then let's not forget the journalism side of things. So Giant Bomb, I think it was, is it, am I correct, uh, Travis? It was Fanbyte Media, I believe, that owns those companies, Giant Bomb. And um, uh, I'm forgetting now the other company that was uh, largely impacted. But it's just, it's obviously been a tough time for a lot of people out there. Um, and I, before we get into the broader conversation around live service and 343 and these things, it, it goes without saying, you know, it's, in an industry, and I know, Travis, you've talked about this, Hoag's talked about this a lot, but an industry that is uh, kind of more dynamic, and I was speaking about this on Cast Co-op the other day, that when you're talking about the tech industry, particularly things like either gaming or technology that is uh, new, right? The hollow lenses of the world, the programming languages that are new and trying to change things, right? It's a, they're fast moving, they're dynamic, and there's risk involved with being in those positions because either it's going to blow up and you're going to succeed largely, uh, which happens sometimes, or it's going to, you know, it's going to be cut from the larger picture of things. And what's going to happen is what we're seeing happen across uh, the industry. You know, sometimes there's a small middle ground, but uh, a lot of times it happens what we're seeing. And um, it's a shame. So I feel, you know, obviously wish everyone the best that's been impacted. And, um, you know, the good news about the gaming industry is that it is dynamic. It is always kind of regrowing itself. And there's a lot of new development studios and companies and, and other companies hiring. So I just hope that these devs land on their feet, find roles they really enjoy, and they put their talents towards some uh, other kind of beautiful projects that we play in years to come. I'll stop yeah. there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I live in San Francisco, so when this sort of stuff happens in the tech industry, which this was really tech industry focused more than games industry focused, because it was like pretty much every tech company doing it, um, it feels like it's happening to you, right? Like GameSpot is right down the street from the IGN oh, office. Thank they, you. Yeah, yes. they had a bunch of laid um, Google laid off 12,000 people, and I mean, it, to a certain extent, people in California who work in the tech industry expect high risk, high reward, right? It's why we get paid so much because, you know, your jobs aren't necessarily super secure. You're, you're, 
that's kind of part of the fun of it at least it is for me um obviously it's never a good a good thing and i i feel uh, terrible about the people i know who who are looking for new work but um um i, I think we'll bounce back i think uh this sort of stuff happens racing for a recession tech companies really over hire a lot of times and have too many jobs and so this sort of thing is sort of a natural setback and i i hope um i hope we start to see growth again obviously i think everybody everybody wants that but uh yeah it never never feels good when it happens to you or people you know and i know a lot of people that are either in that position or have coworkers that are they're saying goodbye to and it's a, it's a recession people aren't people companies aren't growing at least for the next year probably and then and then we'll we'll bounce back is, is what i'm reading so we'll see yeah the the feels like a lot of the things we're talking about too and the kind of experimental um divisions or departments that are trying out new things it's the fail fast and i know we've talked about that as well right you you hire up you and put a lot of money into it inject it see if it can blow up to be something big and when it's not sadly it gets cut um it's a risk as you said yep. high risk high reward fail fast and make mistakes <laughs> once is the as the motto of the creed of a lot of tech startups or google it's fail a um, hundred times and make and or <laughs> fail fast and make mistakes a hundred times is their philosophy but yeah um it's good yeah did they, did they, so. did a lot of these people they were contract workers right like gig workers isn't that, is that, uh, the, the I people I the like... people I know were straight up like let go like had full time salaried employees like the, okay. the people I know at GameSpot and some of the other companies Google I think a lot of their um, layoffs were like not people in the United States Google has like a lot of employees and it so it, it's sort of happening in pockets um, and divisions I'm sure some people got laid off from the Stadia thing because that just happened you know this same week where they announced 12,000 layoffs so I'm sure some of that was, <clears throat> was that um, I'm not really sure Microsoft seems like it was the one that hit gaming probably the hardest yeah so, mo most of those employees at least that I'm aware of uh, in the gaming space that were affected were not contractors these were full-time positions yeah so especially makes sense with some of the yeah it makes sense with some of the stuff we're seeing at 343 obviously Bethesda was a little surprising I'm, I'm not sure what positions were cut there but um yeah so <clears throat> rough time yeah RJH asked around um opinion on having an effect on the Activision Blizzard deal now obviously it goes without saying Hogue would be best to speak to that but one of the one of the things I've seen a lot of people uh saying this week which I disagree with you guys can let me know your thoughts is um you know it why is Microsoft letting go of 10,000 people over here while they're spending or attempting to spend $69 billion over here for Activision Blizzard? And what I talked about on Cast Co-op was that um, it, it, you can't make those kind of direct correlations in neither the industry nor company the size of Microsoft, right? Uh, you're talking about a company that has over 200,000 employees. Uh, it's a, you know, biggest company in the world, global uh you know, all over the place. And what I tried to explain is that when you're talking about a company this big that has their hands in as many things as they do, right, you have countless divisions of thousands and thousands of people that do huge range of roles, right? Um, and some of those will be tailing down like what we're talking about, right? There's the work that stops on projects, there's projects that get cut, there's all these other aspects and factors that go into um, kind of staffing models for 
certain things within the company at large, right? That is completely separate from a planning future investment strategy and portfolio strategy to what they're investing over here for Activision Blizzard in their gaming segment, right? So as we know, you know, Nadella has talked about being all in in gaming and we've heard all these things about that. So they're from a top-down view of Microsoft, right? Their investment into gaming may be a higher priority than their investment into these other divisions that they're now kind of chopping away. Um, it's You can't make a one-to-one to say, well, there's 10,000 employees, why not just move them over here? It's not how it works, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't think I wouldn't, I would stay away from making the direct correlation of like, why are they firing people while they're spending money over here? That's just not how, it's not how business or companies work. You know what I mean? Those are two completely separate things. Um, I think I agree with that. I mean, I, I, am not in that business. I'm not in, <clears throat> never have been. So I, I, I couldn't tell you, so I don't want to speak. On something I don't know, like I, I guess my question would be, what? Well, those things I, I agree with you—they don't really have that direct correlation. You know, it's a completely separate thing. What about management as a whole? When you look at the situation, you know, all these cutbacks, uh, a lot of delays, a lot of other stuff. What do you think? How do you think that's going? I think it's going to be fine eventually, but I'm just wondering what you guys think about. You know, how are you talking about or Spencer or, you know, or like like just the results, I guess, or what, what we're seeing from Xbox. This is just kind of another, you know, it sucks for sure. I mean, it makes me sad that other people lost their jobs. But like you said, it's kind of part of the business. It's kind of part of the modern day situation with the recession and stuff. So like my, I guess my I, concern would be more like, you know, it's just not, it's just not good optics, I guess, you know, we kind of skip never that. good optics. Right, yeah. Right. Well, you know, it, based on, it, it's kind of a bunch of other things, you know, it, it, it worries me a little bit, I guess. So, just, so I, I think, I'm trying to figure out what you're asking, Dan, are you saying, like, does what, it, it worries you from a game development delivery perspective? Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. I so guess, I, I, th- I think, it, I think it depends on which, like for three, four, three, it should definitely concern you about game delivery because of the types of layoffs that we're seeing and the specific mes- messaging around that. I think some of it was actually in order to get good optics, right? Like every tech company is laying off a certain number of employees and it's supposed to signal to investors like, Hey, we're tightening our belts. We're bracing for this year of recession. We're probably going to encounter. And it's sort of like them doing it to show like, you know, we can be adult about this. We're still managing our, our employees. We're not too bloated, that sort of thing, which is kind of a shitty reason to lay people off, frankly. Um, as for the uh, Blizzard Activision uh, um, acquisition, I think it's kind of weird to um, suggest that the reason they're spending $69 billion is to accue higher employees. I don't. I think most of the time that's not why you buy a company unless it's the people at the top, like your Todd Howards, which they're definitely not buying it to acquire the leadership team on Activision Blizzard. I would argue um, yep. they're buying it for the intellectual property, for the um, the uh, foundation stuff, like the technology that they've got and the assets and that sort of stuff. Maybe some of that is Accu hiring. Like they're they're probably you know looking at some of the Call of Duty devs and they're shooting bona fides and that sort of thing, but unless a significant uh, quantity of the 69 billion is for uh, employee retention, 
vis-a-vis what Sony did when they acquired Bungie. They was very clear they wanted to accue higher than employees because they put aside billions uh, for uh, customer employee retention benefits. Um, yep. Usually that's not the the sole reason that you, you buy a company. <clears throat> Sometimes, but usually not. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't think that that's a, a super solid argument. And then as for the people that are getting let go, I think, um, yeah, part of it is just them virtue signaling to investors that they're, you know, f- financial fiduciary responsibility. We're being responsible people. And then probably they have some redundancies. They're an enormous organization. Things slip through the cracks. They hire multiple people that are doing the same jobs, but for different teams. And they've also acquired uh, employees when they acquired uh, Bethesda. A lot of what you do there as a former hatchet man for a company that acquired a bunch of other companies and then had to let people go. Um, usually you spend some years trying to understand the organization. And then once you understand it, you understand what parts you don't need because they're redundant to your organization and you have to, you have to make cuts. That's sort of part of the acquisition model. So some of this is just business being business bullshit. And some of it is probably, um, you know, legit reasons that, that they need to tighten their belt because they're facing a recession. But I really doubt with the notable exception of 343 that it says anything about the health of the games industry or of the company that they're managing. Um, the 343 situation is a special case, which we'll get to. Very, very well said, Travis. Uh, agree with all of that. And I would just add further to your point about Activision Blizzard, as I, I said the other day on CAS, which is assuming that deal goes through like we expect it to eventually, right? Uh, you can expect this again once those companies merge and we get down the line because there's going to be redundancies. It's just yep. exactly as Travis just said. So um, it's not unique by any stretch, but to directly answer your question, Dan, I think uh, Travis said it well, which is I don't I don't see this negatively impacting Xbox first party delivery directly outside of 343, as we're going to talk about here shortly. Um, and let's not forget, right? It, it's always it's always tough because <clears throat> you don't see the big articles when companies are hiring and continually hiring and continually growing. Right. Let's not forget that you for try. the past two they put the out press releases, but nobody covers it. No yeah. one cares. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Microsoft is far bigger now than it was a decade ago and two decades ago. And there's a lot more people working for them. Right. And that's true of a lot of these companies. And Xbox individually inside of that, the gaming segment of, of Microsoft is the same way. They've been not only acquiring studios. Right. But they've been hiring and building up these studios and lots of healthy positions and new uh studios themselves buildings you know places for these people to work and that are kind of state of the art and i mean there's a lot of positive investment from a first party perspective that should not go overlooked um because of you know this i guess is the easiest way to say it so yeah somebody's commenting about leadership um at some of these companies and as always i will agree that leadership is uh, kind of weak in some of these and and they definitely probably should be getting hit themselves. Um, so yeah, I, I just want to say solidarity with that for sure, that thought. Because there are some serious leadership problems, especially with 343 and that whole situation that I, I think kind of went unnoticed, but we'll see. Or at yes. least unpunished. At least unpunished. Uh, unpunished is probably the better yeah. word. And that's the, I think that's the crappy thing. We've seen, it doesn't get a lot of press, but there are companies out there where when the company gets hit or they their sales are down, what have you, right? The company's not performing as well as either expected or, you know, other factors come into that. Uh, there are companies out there where their leadership will purposely make cuts either at the leadership level or they'll take pay cuts, bonus cuts, et cetera. That Nintendo. does happen. Nintendo does that. 
Uh, I know Iwata did that when he was the head of Nintendo. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but, you know, you do have situations, as we all know, that we read about more often, which is, you know, thousands of employees get cut over here while a CEO gets a $50 million bonus. And, you know, those things are obviously, <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion that we could get into. Um, but, um, <clears throat> so anyway, I think that, um, you know, uh, I don't think any of the conversation around Xbox from a first party delivery perspective has changed this week to your going back to your question again, Dan, because, you know, we've talked about that a lot here. Right. And I think we we continue to say uh, or I would continue to say I won't speak for you guys that, um, you know, we're going to see and we're going to see pretty soon. We've got the developer direct this week. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing more Redfall and Forza in particular. We know that we're going to get a Starfield presentation sooner rather than later. From what I'm hearing, it should be in early February, so it, it doesn't feel like it's far out. Um, so that'll be really cool as well, and I'm excited about that. I think Starfield is going to be, um, I think it's going to be obviously a big hit, and you know we could talk more about that yeah. stuff, and we have. But I, I think that. Um, I think that the delivery of those things is going to be just fine. And I'm really excited about the prospect yeah. of the future this year, E3, all that stuff. So typically when a game studio is making cuts that would impact a game coming out period, it makes news like three, four threes did because it's either, you know, Lionhead situation where it's like, all right, the layoffs are all of you, right? Because we're no longer making the game that you guys were working on. Right. Or it's something where like you get the news headline of like the initiative where, their situation was that they had to outsource the game altogether and 343 i would put in that same bucket it's like a a delivery uh obstructing round of layoffs slash uh, model change and i don't think we're seeing that really at any studio except for 343 with microsoft anyway with google we're seeing it right stadia's yeah. not not happening anymore so um, yeah i guess yeah, that's I, a I, perfect I, example I, yeah no, I agree with you. I agree with you. And so we might as well jump over to Halo then because this Let's is, it. Uh, it goes without saying that this has been um, an interesting few days for me, uh, an interesting week in the terms of uh, some of the information that I and a few others have shared and corroborated. Um, there's obviously people challenging what uh, we shared. I'm going to, I'm going to bring Ho Gold Hogue. I need Gold Hogue for this one. Hold so on. switch. Real quick, if you guys yeah. have not uh, watched the last cast co op episode after this, Please go over there and watch that. Uh, you know, it, towards you know, probably the last half, it's fantastic. I mean, the whole show is fantastic, but man, man, it's some good content. I'm just gonna shout it out because I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, they talk about this, um, but not in the way that we're about to talk about this. I'm guessing it's gonna probably be it, it, it's it's better. It's better. Sorry, I'm just gonna say it. No, you're fine. Yeah, it was fun. They 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 wanted to get my ire up, and as much as I tried to remain calm, they were eventually successful in that endeavor, and it it made for made for a lot of fun. But um, <clears throat> by the way, before we before we get into the full details here, let's get Gecko super chat because it relates to what we're talking about. Perfect. All right, with six euros, is it common for Halo to shit the bed whenever <laughs> Microsoft shits the bed? I'm assuming that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think there's a direct correlation there, Gecko. No. And, and you know, one of the things I want to be really careful of, which we're going to get to, is um I would I would argue that Halo has not shit the bed. Um I, I would argue that there's a there's an echo chamber that says that. There's the Twitter community to 
about that a lot, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that here in a moment. Um, but no, I don't think there's a direct correlation there. Let's not forget that, you know, the, the Bungie situation was obviously unique at the time and uh, Xbox wouldn't be what it is without Halo. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but no, I don't, I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, there's a direct correlation of what happens with Halo and Microsoft themselves. Also, Microsoft shitting the bed. Yeah. Uh, when when did that happen recently? Uh, um, when hasn't it happened? <laughs> would be a better question. When hasn't Microsoft been shitting the bed for the past decades? You know what I mean? I shit the bed last night. Dan, <laughs> Dan is Dan is the, the, the common the day of Microsoft Corporation. Yes. <laughs> yeah, good. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, obviously, we're going to kind of elaborate here now. So, um, anyway, if you let's start with if you obviously are not um don't know all the details right so let's start from the beginning here so basically as part of these layoffs that we're talking about 343 was hit the hardest and there were rumors initially that it was around 60 people then the rumors ramped up to 120 130 people what we know now and has been directly posted by ex employees who were let go at 343 was that it's close it's more than a third closer to a half of 343 directly. And that includes the vast majority of the art team, uh, as well as uh, people that previously worked on campaign slash single player content and a number of other, you know, ancillary roles, right? That kind of cross over to different functions. So that began to, uh, you know, as, as that news came out, there was a lot of conversations kind of behind the scenes um, and <clears throat> I was having a few conversations with people who I consider extremely trusted sources. Now, it, go it should go without saying, if you listen to this show, if you, you watch Season Gaming or, or listen to, to me on Twitter, like I, I don't claim to be an insider. I don't claim to have a ton of information on specific things all the time. Obviously, I hear a lot of things. Travis hears a lot of things. You know, there, there's stuff that just goes around, right, behind the scenes. Um, when it comes to Halo... Uh, I know a little more than most. Um, and when it comes to kind of knowing some of the things that are coming for Halo in the future, what's going on at 343, uh, yeah, I feel confident saying that information that we have is is accurate. And so I was talking to a few people. It became pretty clear based on a series of events over the past six to eight months uh, that there was a shift. And so we started to piece together the story, get some corroborating information, talk to some other people. And, uh, you know, it paints a picture. And uh, I'll try not to go too long here, Travis, because I know you want to add some commentary. But starting from the top, it paints a picture essentially that uh, obviously it should go without saying to everyone now that there were developmental issues with infinite and direction issues. Um, Patrick Wren, others that were pretty big employees at 343 have come out and spoken about the poor leadership and poor direction. Um, and again, that's not to take away from the game that was delivered. I think more than anyone, I preach about how much I love Halo Infinite, how much I love the campaign, the multiplayer, et cetera. We're not taking anything away from the game. Um, but it's clear that there were directional issues and delivery issues and other things, right? And it's also clear that they were not well prepared for the live service model, content delivery, cadence, and those things. We've talked about that at length, right? Um, but it paints a picture and what has seemingly happened is there were plans. <laughs> Seems like people need to focus on specific wording here, right? No campaign 
DLC and expansion, the endless, et cetera, was not in active development. No. What we know is that there were plans being drawn up for expansions, whether in smaller pieces or larger pieces that would go in infinite and continue the story, or that they would piece together more of the story and tie it to multiplayer. Different plans were drawn up over the past you know, period of time. Those were scrapped from what we understand about mid last year, several months ago, about summer of last year. Um, it also ties together with Bonnie Ross leaving. Uh, and three people basically taking her place, right? They split that role. Pierre Hintz is now the studio head. Um, but you have a, a, a kind of a, a three-focus attack, three-pronged attack from a leadership perspective there. Um, we also learned this week that Joseph Staten, who was brought in to help land Infinite and kind of get them back on track, he's moved back to Xbox Publishing now, um, likely be, to be a liaison. We can talk a little more about that as well. Um, that's kind of what we've what we know about what's happened with the layoffs at 343 and then like I said piecing together this story and so where it landed and and what we've heard from like I said sources I trust and I will continue to stand on this hill we'll see in time uh whether either you know we were wrong and something changed or uh the people calling me wrong and saying we have it wrong owe me an apology and others an apology but um the plan from what we understand is that 343 will continue to be the curator for all things Halo. So that is Halo gear, that is HCS, that is Halo merchandise, books, comics, TV show, everything that goes along with the IP. The live service element of Halo Infinite continues untouched. In fact, it is accelerating, right? So we have HCS year two kicking off next month. We have season three kicking off in the beginning of March. Season four plans are... We have they haven't shared them. We do have details on what is in season four already that I, I'm pretty reliable on. Um, and all of that is moving forward at a faster rate than before with additional resources. So that's the good news, right? If you like Halo Infinite multiplayer. What has changed is that the conversation has shifted from active development of what's to come for the future of Halo storytelling and, and single player stories. And that that development will be a shared commodity. Not that 343 won't be involved, but they will not be the sole developer of single-player Halo going forward. Now, what that looks like, right? What games we get from that? Who specifically works on these games, et cetera, et cetera? uh, We don't know. It's just that directionally, 343 will continue to lead it, um, you know, obviously make sure it fits with canon and lore and all of that but that developmental resources will come from other areas so the last thing i'll say because i know i've been going for a while here one of the things that kind of disappointed me right is that people as usual i shouldn't have expected anything different was that they didn't read the details there you know suddenly all of a sudden it's like people are saying rumors that 343 is not developing halo anymore and it's like nobody said that (laughs) <laughs> there is nowhere in any of the information that we shared did anyone say that 343 was dropping Halo, moving away from Halo, not developing Halo. That's that's not what was said. Um, and so I found it kind of weird that people jumped from A to B, although I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But uh, if you l- read carefully the details of what has been shared, I'm I'm fully confident in what's been shared. And I think that if you're smart enough to read what's happened over the last six months, and realize that 343 just laid off over a third of their studio, including single-player development resources and your art direction team, you can kind of start to piece this together. It doesn't really take a rocket scientist to put one-on-one together. Um, Now, 
Sorry. Last thing, Travis, I promise. Uh, 343, Pierre Hintz then came out and gave what I would call a damage control and the most generic statement I've ever seen someone make. I was kind of disappointed in it, honestly, where he where he just said, um, here, I'll pull it up on the screen for anyone who actually didn't see it. This is the message from Pierre Hintz. And keep in mind, this is the only thing we've heard directly from Pierre since he took over a studio hood in six months, I think it is seven months. Um, so he came out and said, Halo Master Chief are here to stay. Obviously, Halo's not going anywhere. 343 Industries will continue to develop Halo now and in the future. No one said they weren't, including epic stories, multiplayer, and more of what makes Halo great. Now, again, wording is key here, and I feel like Hogue talk, pointing out the wording, right? Develop Halo now and in the future. No one said they're not, including epic stories, multiplayer, and more of what makes Halo great. Well, the makes halo great is about as generic as it can be there's a lot of things that make halo great um no one ever said they're not going to be involved in halo having epic stories no nobody said that what specifically we called out is that core development of the stories is going to be shared um and i think that still can continues to be true and i think that anyone looking at this message from pierre hints uh as some type of justification saying hey these insiders were wrong are fooling themselves so, sorry, that was like an eight-minute spiel. I apologize. I went on for a while. I'm just trying to make sure everyone's aware of what's kind of happened over the past several days. Travis, you're muted, brother. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the summary. I think the... Um, I can't really help you flesh out the story because you already know what happened, most likely, especially if you just listen to what Ain said. I think he gave a good uh, overview of the events. But I think the context here or the um, editorializing that I would offer is that this is extremely bad news for three, four, three and for the people that were managing the halo franchise. Um, it's a failure of leadership. It's a, um, completely ill-conceived, uh, SAS model, you know, the games as a service model, um, that I, I think, uh, it, they, it failed. It missed so, so much that I don't know how they ever expected to succeed with that plan. Right. Um, and it's, uh, it's very clear to me that 343 wasn't prepared for the burden that they promised of the 10, you know, Halo Infinite uh, setting forward the 10 next 10 years of Halo uh, in an ongoing sort of uh, live service model. It's very clear that they weren't prepared for that, right? They were prepared for the really easy, uh, you know, Fortnite skins, uh, Naraka Blade Point, you know, multiplayer only kind of uh, experience. And I don't think that they were prepared to to pump out, you know, a new Halo Infinite expansion every year or that sort of thing. And it, I, I don't even know if they got far in organizing around that model because it's very clear that they made basically no progress towards it, uh, which is which is frankly surprising to me because they went through the trouble of building their own engine, which is a damn good engine. They, I, I, I just want to say I loved Halo Infinite. I still love Halo Infinite. I thought the campaign was awesome. The multiplayer is probably the best Halo multiplayer it's ever been, um, but that doesn't mean that the game that the studio was equipped to do live service. I would say they were woefully unequipped, uh, and I don't know who whose fault it is, but I know leadership completely missed on this. And it makes sense if I were the you know parent company of three four three looking at that studio i would see a mismanaged studio that absolutely needs the keys to the car taken away from them and i don't mean the keys to the car meaning that they're 
they're not talented developers that they can't be trusted with the halo franchise i just mean that that studio for whatever reason was not doing the things that they said that they were going to do and and uh the the move to get rid of of part of that team and outsource part of halo's future um makes sense it really does make sense if you look at the results that we got uh from from halo in the past year and it, you know the i'm a i'm a live service guy um i i i recognize when games do it well because i've seen so many both behind the scenes and in the public forum do it well versus not do it well and uh basically from the moment that halo infinite uh started talking about what its future was after launch even before the main campaign launched when they were still talking about vague in the future no release date sort of thing i was thinking to myself and i think i even said it on the show that i'm scared for halo infinite's future despite the fact that they put out a good game uh because you it did just didn't, i'll it, give it you that yep. yeah it didn't look like they had a roadmap and i was like look i love that game but i'm worried that they're going to crash and burn on the live service model like anthem and it's exactly what happened you know like that this is this is uh painful to see uh unfortunately and uh it's a bummer live services are hard there aren't very many companies that can do it and now that some of them are successful the fact that uh that that some of them are out there killing it you can't afford really any margin of error if you mess up there's other alternatives that are doing it better people can play destiny people can play a million other live service games that are doing pretty well um and halo really wasn't one of them it wasn't competitive well, ever it's and lots of lots of those games that are doing it well now took their lumps right like destiny totally. took its lumps uh someone i was streaming last night and someone brought up a uh, rainbow six siege and i was like that game took its lumps it took years yeah. for that game to get to where it is it, now and it did but, and, but but it did so before destiny existed that's really the advantage true it had, the time right? the timing is different yeah. here too yeah yes. if you're in 2014 you can afford to screw up live service for a year you know or even two years which i would argue destiny had a lot of rocky road but now destiny exists it's over right you don't have that that uh that buffer period of of you get to figure it out because you should have already figured it out because there's games doing it successfully now the model's been proven and i think that's why sony acquired bungie right because they don't want to take their lumps they know bungie already knows how to do this stuff and they want that brain trust that's why they invested so much in um keeping those employees it was an accu hire move um, and i think microsoft has dipped into the live service model many times and they're the graveyard is full of corpses at Microsoft with live service, whether it's bleeding edge and that ill-fated literally, I, I think I previewed that game like three months before it came out and I left the preview event going, that game is going to burn because I talked to the developers there. I interviewed, I think one of the lead developers and I said, so what's your plan for after it releases? And they were like, well, we're going to see how reception is and then we'll start working on stuff. And I went, nope, that's going to, that's going to die. <laughs> this game's going to be dead because you can't do that. You have to start building the train tracks while the train is on the tracks and you have to be laying down rail constantly and if you're not <laughs> doing it if you're if it's a wait and see approach and oh we'll respond to feedback and nope you did not build your team right uh and i, I think 343 just did not build their team right they didn't have the people who were experts on this who knew what to do who had a plan they didn't have a delivery pipeline at all in place and that's just clear from the news we're learning the art team gets fired of course the art team gets gets let go i mean uh, that sucks it's no one on the art team's fault by the way the employees at 343 are super talented they made halo infinite it's a great yeah, game all, 
All we've yeah. heard from from those people is that these are some of the most talented people around, and it's leadership who let them down. Exactly. Which sucks. It's it's super. It's a super talented studio. It has everything to do with the leadership team and their failure to plan for the burden of a live service model and a games as a service team. They just did not have a plan. They didn't have the expertise, and it's super super disappointing because Halo Infinite is fucking awesome. So yeah, it is. Yeah, it sucks. It is, and 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 the only thing I would add, right. I think it's funny that I'm trying to defend Halo Infinite. Like I don't do that every single week we talk, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, let, let's also not forget, right? And and I already said it, right? There's there's a distinction between what is happening with the future direction of single player content for Halo, right? And what's happening with Halo Infinite as the multiplayer component, both in the future and what happened in year one, right? Year one, which three four three themselves have said. Multiple members, including their head of live service, Sean Barron, have said they failed. They 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 didn't deliver content at a rate that they wanted to and knew they had to. They yeah. have said it. So anyone trying to argue Halo Infinite nailed year one, 343 will tell you they didn't. They know they yeah. didn't. But the future this year out, right, for uh, Halo Infinite looks really strong. Like the winter update was really good. They already got the custom game browser in ahead of schedule, which is awesome. They have a Forge playlist that should be coming soon. They're working on. They got, like I said, HCS year two in February. Season three launching in March. They're talking about new metas for ranked play. I mean, there I could go on, you know me, with all the details. But there, there's a lot of good stuff coming for Halo Infinite. And I think that the they recognized pretty early on that they weren't delivering content at the rate or had the plan, like Travis just said, and we've, we've talked about. And they, they've adjusted, right? They've moved more resources to multiplayer. Um, that is their focus, and they're very clear on that right now. In addition, we haven't even touched on the fact that certain Affinity and their partner studio, right, Max Oberman and super talented people over there, have been working on the Tatanka mode, which we've all heard the leaks about for a while now. They've been working on that for over two years, from what we understand. And there's already code scripts and you know i could talk more about details of that but from every from what we know we should see tatanka this year and it should be an integration with kind of what infinite is right so there there is a a potential future here or a vision where halo infinite live service delivery speeds up we get more content faster for what i would call the core halo infinite multiplayer experience right so you get your arena modes your big team modes hcs ranked etc uh, infection comes in. You've got Forge now, right? But then you also get whatever Tatanka is, the, the variation on Battle Royale and Objective, Big Scale, what have you. If all those things come together and they're they're delivering at a faster clip and it's meaningful content, there's still a very bright future for what Halo Infinite can be. Halo Infinite um, multiplayer. Multiplayer, yeah. yeah but it's, it's two it, apps, it's, right? And one of the apps is not, yeah. Yeah, and that's the that's the problem. That that touches on another aspect which I preach about all the time as a Halo kind of defender if you will is Halo is a 20-year-old IP, more than 20-year-old <laughs> IP at this point. Um and it has done an awful lot for the industry. It has done an awful lot over time in different games. And Halo means different things to different people. I had this conversation on Cast the other day. Some people play Halo for the competitive side. Me, for the most part, I play it for everything, but competitive, right? Some people play it for the single player stories and for Chief as a character or for the narrative. Some people play it because they want to play with friends and play co-op and PVE experiences. Some people want to build and forge and create things for the community and stuff. And Halo is is this 
broad, vast thing, and I've talked about this before, which is a in 2023 in AAA game delivery with large engines and live service and PC and console requirements and cross-play and all these things, it's a huge undertaking, just a, a massive, massive undertaking. And, you know, I continue to think that uh, the game that was delivered was excellent, despite the development troubles we've learned about. Um, and I continue to be kind of bullish on uh, where Infinite's going to go. Uh, and I still love playing it. I play it multiple times per week. Uh, but it, it's, you know, it, it's clear that directionally what's happening with the future of Halo narrative and uh, single player game development has shifted. Yeah. So. And I, I do want to say it, among the, the corpses of live service in Microsoft's backyard, <laughs> um, Sea of Thieves is not one of them. And the reason I want to bring that up, somebody in the, in the chat mentioned that game as, as a you know, proof Microsoft can do it. it I, I really don't think it's Microsoft's, uh, Microsoft that, that's the problem. I think Microsoft does have management problems with some of their studios. And they're, they don't, they don't uh, offer the stick nearly as often as they should uh, versus the carrot or, or, or just kind of letting things slide. Um, which is why Halo Infinite was allowed to get into this terrible position that it's in. But Sea of Thieves is a great example of the, the developer understanding what the content pipeline was going to look like and filling it up with lots of stuff to do. They were working on stuff to come for out. For their audience, right? Yeah, but they were working it with, for, with stuff to come out before the game launched, like a lot. They were doing weekly youtube series where they were putting out videos and going here's like our pipeline here's all the stuff we're working on here's all the stuff we're going to add but they also had a game that is very different from halo didn't have as many moving parts was not not even close right yeah yeah it was not nearly (laughs) as ambitious with their engine or all the different things they had to manage they didn't have to worry about a competitive multiplayer scene it was a fun sandbox game that could to a certain extent maintain itself for a while right the people just having fun in there and goofing off and then they would add pieces together. But even with how, how the difference in ambition between those two projects, Sea of Thieves had a better content pipeline and a better plan always because they had very specific named things that they were going to do. Named content drops from before the game was even out, dude. They had, you know, we're going to add this on this day and we're working on this and this is coming and they gave us constant updates. It was clear that all their teams were working on whatever was coming down the line from the beginning. And then every year since then, we've gotten at least one, you know, big update with a name and an expansion that added stuff to the games. And that game's awesome. And it, it's it been awesome and, and players have had hope that entire time. If you play Halo Infinite, you didn't hear anything about what was going on with the campaign until last week. Like that's when it happened and, you, and the news was it's not happening anymore. And that's crazy. I don't know why if you decided that you weren't going to work on the campaign last summer, you didn't tell your audience that last summer. That's part of live service models. You have to tell them what you're working on, right? You don't have to make specific promises. In fact, you shouldn't. But the fact that they canceled all their campaign plans last year and their fans didn't know about it until they had layoffs. That's terrible. It's Agreed. just bad management. 100%. And again, it's leadership. Yeah, it's bad it's leadership. leadership. Yeah, it's bad yeah. leadership. I don't know how you can defend that. I I don't know. And I, I, I think the only way you can kind of defend and 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 then this is if you're just completely blind, right? Like honestly, you guys know, and anyone who's watching this knows that you're you'd be tough pressed to find a bigger Halo fan than me. Literally, I live and breathe Halo. I mean, this is my game and this is my studio, and I defend. 343 and the Halo games they've delivered. Hell, Halo 4 and Infinite are two of my favorite Halo games. I think Halo 3 is overrated. I said it. 
no one says that in the Halo community except for a few people. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, 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 at some point you have to be a realist. You have to look at the facts here. And there, there's clear, trust me, you don't completely shift your leadership model six months after launch if everything's going swimmingly. That doesn't happen. You know what I mean? There, there were problems with delivery. We've heard it directly from the horse's mouth, from, from the stable's mouth, if you will. We've heard it directly from multiple developers. I've talked to developers who were at 343 directly um, about what went on and how leadership treated them and, and things. And there, there's a clear problem there. And I'm hopeful that Pierre hints. Uh, I hear very good things about him. And I'm, you know, I'm very hopeful as to what comes from 343 in the future and that they can reorg. And I, I think it goes without saying, one of the things I called out in my article was around Phil Spencer's comments about Halo as an IP, not as 343, but Halo. And that Halo's potential, right, uh, to be around for a very long time and how vast it can be is, uh, you know, kind of like the gaming Star Wars. And I, you know, I know others have said that, we've said that, and there's a tremendous amount of lore and characters and depth and there, you know, <laughs> whether you like the TV show or not, we're not going to get into that, but, you know, it's a TV show and it's got tons of books and there's, I'm pretty sure there's two or three more books coming this year. Um, and there's just so many good stories in that universe. And um, I'm hopeful that they, they finally recognize that and move into a model that allows them to develop that more fully from a uh, narrative perspective, right? Multiplayer over here, to your point, Travis, move into a model that allows you to deliver narrative better over here. Because let's face it, right? Halo 5, whether you love that campaign or not, and Travis, I know you've defended it to a degree, um, that came out in 2015. And then we waited uh, six years, basically, to get a rethink and a redirection of where the story was going. And that just not really going to cut it from a narrative perspective nowadays. Yeah. And, and if that's what they, if that's all they can deliver with the leadership and the model that they had, then yeah, there needs to be a change. Yeah. It's just, yeah. E even, even with their multiplayer sandbox with multiplayer game, which I think we can all agree is in a much better state than the campaign. The campaign got crapped on basically from the day it came out with, whether it's canceling the, uh, split screen support or absolutely zero updates or information on what they were planning or what was going to be included in the campaign. Even if you look at the multiplayer alone, it's not a good life service model. It just isn't. You can't. What season is it Ains, in, in Halo Infinite multiplayer? It's in between. It's winter update. So season two ended. Winter update is now. Season three starts at the beginning of March. Dude, the game came out how many years ago? November of 2021, year November, and three months. Yeah, a year and three months, and we're on season two, basically. I mean, season three hasn't started, so let's call it which, season Which, two. again, yeah, their head of live service and multiple people at 343 have said, this is not where we wanted to be. Correct, correct. I, I think, yeah, even they agree with it. Yeah. So if, it's just, if you look at any live service game and then you look at Halo, even if you just look at the multiplayer, which is in a better state, it's not good. And if you look at multiplayer, it's... A disaster. All right, calm down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love I, I, Halo. You know I, know. I love Halo. I, I know. I just want to be careful, right? Because the what is there is excellent, right? You know what I mean? Like it's just they haven't kept up with cadence of delivery, of rate well, of I, delivery. I, the disaster combat was specifically for campaign. Campaign is a disaster. The life service model. Oh, the wait. Yeah. The, you exist. mean like expanding upon the campaign? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. 
Because, I, I would just want to be clear on yeah, what yeah, we're because talking we've about. No, we've known that they had live service plans for the campaign from the beginning. That was like Correct. one of the first things they announced, right? Correct. And then we got absolutely zero, zero details about what that was going to be. And it turned out they Correct. were even working on it. And we found that out eight months later. That's that's a nightmare. Yeah. I cannot. And now we know. And now that. we know it's all been scrapped. Yeah. Exactly. I, I so I, I just think that yeah. it, it's um there's really no excuse for this. I, I, I don't know how you could how you could defend or be happy with this. And as a Halo super fan, which I still consider myself, I don't have as much time to play multiplayer as Ains because I don't run my own website. I'm, I'm doing bitch work. Right. So I have to play. SpongeBob <laughs> um, uh, so that, that's just my life. That's just my life. I even destiny, a game that I used to play a lot. I barely have time for anymore, but I'm still a Halo super fan. I've read every Halo novel right there's a lot that's like hundreds of hours of reading halo novels um and I, i'm dyslexic i'm a slow reader um and uh <laughs> and uh yeah the, but but I, I i even so i think friends are honest with each other right and i have yes. to be honest that absolutely fans are, fans are the hardest on their franchises and i i just i cannot uh i cannot get at all happy or excited or feel proud to be a halo fan right now with what is happening with that studio just it just pisses me off so much and i want better and halo deserves better and halo fans deserve better look at ames he's been through a lot he deserves long suffering he, he deserves the halo that he's always dreamt of and <laughs> i'm really hopeful i'm really hopeful that i'm really hopeful 343 will find a way to deliver that whether it's internal resources or external um but you know this is probably long overdue i agree i mean i agree i i I don't have to continue to defend Halo. I have defended Halo Infinite uh, endlessly, and I still will to many degrees, as we talked about. And we're trying to be very clear on specific points, right, that we're talking about of what was delivered, which was excellent, versus what happened behind the scenes and what was planned versus not delivered, et cetera. There's a lot of nuance and context here, so I hope you guys are, or everyone listening is understanding uh, where we're coming from here. I, I think it's pretty clear. There, There's two more kind of full conversation points I want to tackle within this conversation, but I'm checking in on Dan because he's just been, you know, listening and, and taking it all in while he's probably playing Hitman on cloud as we speak. Uh, how you doing, brother? Yeah, I don't play Halo. I don't play live <laughs> service games, mostly for the reason you guys just listed. Right. <laughs> I, I don't listen. I don't know the status of Halo. I, I yield to you guys because you guys play them. I know you ain't for sure are a humongous halo fan you are you know yeah. so basically any information i get on that game is from you uh i even have halo muted on twitter because i don't want to hear about it <laughs> anything you I, need to know i'll tell you right yeah okay so like you know the biggest disappointment <laughs> in this whole thing for me and maybe for a couple of people in the chat is that the there's no campaign content coming right now you know maybe in the future we get some stuff like you talked about maybe from a different studio maybe who the hell knows Right. That's 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 Halo for me. And you know, yeah. and I understand I'm a very small part of that community, uh, percentage wise. Yeah. So so all this stuff, I mean, but a lot of the stuff that you guys are saying, it, it goes to the you know, why I hate live service games. I mean, Destiny was nothing when it came out. I played it, it was trash, and there was so much trash that they made a second one. <laughs> right. And that's that's basically what happened. They went and they said, okay, we're going to build this Destiny up. And it was actually all right towards the end. And then they went to Destiny 2 and started over for some reason. I don't understand why. Now it's great. My son plays it all the time. And he has nothing 
Oh, yeah. I say he says nothing bad to say. He says bad stuff about all the time, but he loves Yeah, it. I think That's Travis kind of tackles that yeah. aspect well, which is you love Destiny as much as you hate it, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Totally get it. If, if, honestly, if you're not pissed at, at, at 343 right now, you don't love Halo enough. Well, I don't. I, mean, I, I don't care. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, 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 it's one of those things where it's like... Just to just add that point, not the developers. At not the developers. No, no, no. The leadership. Yeah, the way it's been handled. What, what has happened? Right. What has happened? Yes. With sure. Yeah. I get that, you know, but I mean, you see it all over the place. Basically, what these companies are doing now is they're giving you the minimal viable product at launch. It's yeah. hilarious that you use that phrase, Dan, because that's literally in agile development what it's called the MVP, minimal, minimal viable, viable product. product. That's what that's okay. literally what it's called in project delivery. Yes. Okay, well, that's what it is. That's what I see. But that's but that's not a bad thing, Dan. It is a bad I would, thing. I, no, it's not. Because, I would, because what it leads to is this and all this crap no, we're talking no, no, about. No, we don't no, no, no. because here's no, the thing, no. you, you said it yourself. A lot of this stuff like in see if these was you know in production. Why not wait a little bit? But 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 Dan the very game, very game you referenced had a minimum viable product. They released the game at the they released the game at the soonest they could. But the difference is so I just want to defend defend I want to defend the life service model because I think it's a model that works and it does a few things. It heavily reduces the strain on a team to finish the game 100% and take like 7 or 8 or 9 years to do it and put it out. A lot of life service games are so ambitious, you could not develop the game. You can't have a 10-year development cycle on a game. It's just not possible. And so the only way to deliver these types of games is to put out a minimum viable product, but you do it with the explicit planned intention of delivering content after content after content after that. That is part of the model. If you put out a minimum viable product with no plan, or no pipeline on delivery on how to make it a much, much more viable product, you are screwing yourselves. And so I think that the people who put out a minimum viable product and then leave it, give a bad name to the model. And the model is great. The model is, look, it's impossible for you to make a game that's, that takes 10 years. So make the game in four and then build it over the next six years and let the player feedback inform the direction that you go. That's great. But you have to build a team around that model and that philosophy. And 343 clearly did not do that. They put out the minimum viable product and said, it's going to have to be good enough because we have no plans to improve upon it. Or they did have plans, but they didn't actually give themselves the resources to execute on it, which is why I blame leadership for this. It's, it, it is a perversion of a model that's awesome. Hmm. What I'm seeing, all right, this is just for me as a gamer, just not like heavy into this crap. I, I see a game like Halo, you know, lose its, you know, potentially lose some of its single player content when this was supposed to be, you know, infinite, right? That's what we always talked about. It's infinite. Yeah. It's going to be continuing. And so, so I was really excited for some more campaign stuff coming out. And like I said, it might still happen. You know, then you look at games like Anthem, right? That came out. Another example of a company that had <laughs> no idea child. what they were doing. Right? It, I'll give you a better. Fallout 76. The worst. The worst game. But they, but they had a good game plan. Released. I, 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 yeah. it's, it was so bad. It was right? really they basically, bad. They still had stuff from like old games in it. You know, it was just, it was just like, like you had to pay for hair 
that was free in Fallout 4. You have to pay for that. That's the problem I have with it, is that the monetization part is the biggest problem for me. With games like Destiny, it kind of bucked that trend a little bit where you're paying for these giant, you know, editions uh, every year or whatever it is, you know, and, and so that's, I, I almost like that better, like where you kind of get that DLC, then, you know, okay, we're going to continue to pump in these, you know, kind of microtransactions, loot boxes, all this other crap, you know, and, and, and then we, we don't inform the game like you guys think we do. I mean, I, maybe we do a little bit. No, no, we do. We do. We do. I and I can say that I, much. I can say that as somebody who's played a lot of live service games and I've seen the fans like go crazy over something and developers have actually given feedback. But that doesn't mean that you wait to start building things until you have player feedback. That's insane. You have to be building months and yes, years do. in advance. And so the difference is Fallout 76 released a terrible game, but they had a badass live service model and they fixed it. Halo Infinite released a great game with the world's shittiest live service model. And that's why people are disappointed. And so I just think that like you can you your game can release ideally the game release is good and has a good life service model but the reason i draw comparisons with anthem is because i think anthem was also a pretty good game when it came out not as good as halo infinite it was pretty good and it had a terrible life service model no plan no direction no team to support it there wasn't a team already building and 60 percent done with the next expansion when anthem came out and if that's not how you've built your team you're gonna fail but you're gonna so fail much- if you're still was- doing art when the game launches on expansion number one, you're effed, <laughs> you're effed dude. That's what? that's just the situation. But then they cut content at launch. All right, they they you cannot convince me that they don't. They will 100 will come in there and they will cut the content at launch, so they can sell it to you later on down the line. Right? It's it, okay. So so you're taking a very pessimistic view on it. It's not oh, that they cut. It's, it's not that they cut content. Let, let, let's let's look at let's look at it this way. How long did it take Halo Infinite to come out in the state that it came out in? How much development time? Ames. What was it ten years? Well, well it's not that yeah, much, it, but it was close. Yeah, how, I mean, you're, you, was it six, okay. seven years. Well, it was yeah, it was six years in terms of calendar time. Actual core development on the game was about two, from what we hear. Two core development, it, but coding, the, right? That's not art. Coding. That's not design. Exactly. Et and so, if you go from it was Halo Infinite was probably its bones, or in some way were in development, probably before Halo Five Guardians came out, right? And then basics, they, yeah. They obviously pivoted because of the the feedback from Halo Five Guardians, which I think was a mistake. But um, they 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 <laughs> they were working on it, right? And so, if you if your development cycles it takes you ten years, you can't make that game. No one will let you make that game. Because no one trusts a 10-year development cycle for one product. And so what you have to do is you have to say, well, what can we do in six? And then how can we build on that in 10? And so you could view that as them taking it out of the game, but it's really not. It's them deciding to not remove it for their ambition. What usually happens in game development is they say, we have this great game for a game, uh, this great idea for a game that will take 10 years to make. And every publisher goes, absolutely effing not. What can you give me in six? And so they cut back their vision to fit in six. And then when you get the game, you go, wow, I got the complete game. No, you didn't. You got four years of the game cut out of it. And so you didn't get their full vision. Live service games allows them to imagine their full vision eventually and make games that they would never be able to make using the old model. That's why it's awesome. That's why it's magical. But it has to actually be built to do that you can't build your team to build a game that's going to take six years and then go but we wanted all the stuff that would have taken us 10 years and we'll figure that out once the game's out that's insane 
that's the wrong way to do it. And so that, that seems like what Halo Infinite did. It's definitely what Anthem did. And every it's definitely what uh, Bleeding Edge did. I know because I had a lead on that team tell me that that's what they were going to do. And I knew it was going to fail. And so I just, I, I'm so pissed off at, at such a big studio with so many smart people. How the hell they let this happen? It just pissed Especially me off. Especially with exec, one thing I called out in my article, right, is where is even go above 343, right? Where's the executive level oversight? Where's your executive leadership that's looking at 343 from the top down and saying, we got a problem here. This is our, this is our biggest IP and clearly they're having issues. We need to rethink this. And maybe they were having those discussions and it just took them longer to, to do something about it. Um, but clearly the, these, the signs were on the wall. And just, just to further your commentary about that, right? For people who either forgot or may not know, something like adding weather effects to Halo Infinite was supposed to be there at launch. It wasn't. We've been told directly from 343 that those were still going to be added in the campaign weather effects so like rain because it's not in there now um my guess is that's gone that's not coming right my guess is that the halo infinite campaign is what it is now with campaign co-op right uh but that's it mission select campaign co-op we're not going to get further expansion on the campaign unless they come out and say otherwise but there was there was absolutely additional work being done on the halo campaign infinite campaign um that i don't know if we're going to see now uh, let me get a couple super chats, Dan. I, I love the passion, by the way. Let me get a couple super chats, and then uh, there's uh, there's still a couple other topics I want to touch on this for clarity's sake. Yeah, Sarko, four nine nine super chat three four three needs some boot camp slash military style changes. <laughs> I expect nothing less from Sarko. Crushing soul slash aligning expectations should be the norm there. I, I think uh, crushing souls they've accomplished. Yeah. Uh, realigning expectations, I think they're in the process of. Um, my soul for sure. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, the the saddest stories to read and conversations to have are from the developers. I can't tell you how many people um, that I talk to and and have posted publicly about working on Halo Infinite and working with the people at Three Four Three and just how talented and passionate and you know you know all their heart goes into wanting to make the best halo game ever and in my opinion they kind of did make the best halo game ever i mean i love halo infinite to death like i've said um but it, it's just it's sad to see what's happened now you know given what everything we've talked about uh sarko thank you for the super chat brother appreciate you and pompa in the house uh pompa ten dollar pompa it's been talked about a few <laughs> times there's a blueprint after so many gas games came uh, out they're having problems and then fixing it. What could have been done to avoid dropping the ball the way they did? I would say I not releasing it and just burn. Oh, how dare you? Brown. No, you can do it. So that, <laughs> that sort of stuff of having problems and fixing it, that sort of, so I can tell you what some other teams do that have this. Um, for example, Destiny, which is probably the model that I'm most familiar with. Also Sea of Thieves. And there's, there's a lot of examples. I also know Fortnite, Fortnite's model a lot because I've just, I've, I've covered this. This is my, this is my beat right at IGN um, and so uh, the what, what Destiny does is they have the, essentially four teams they have a team that's constantly working on the big next new shiny team that's their main team that is the team that works on the Witch Queen that's working on Lightfall they're constantly developing basically the next Destiny game right and their goal is to deliver a game in a year which is hard but that's what they that's what they work on and then in between that they've got two live service teams that work on seasonal content uh, Alpha and Omega are the names of the teams. Uh, Alpha works on uh, half of the um, season staggered. So they'll work on season one and three 
And then Omega will work on season two and four. And then they, their goal is to release content every three months, shorter, smaller in scope. They have to move super quick and deliver like a little chunk of destiny. And their goal is to kind of pad out what is in destiny for the 12 months it takes for the big team to deliver a big one. And then on top of that, they have sort of like a maintenance team. Uh, the maintenance team is sort of split into a bunch of different buckets, but basically their overall goal is to keep like the cogs and wheels of destiny moving and to deliver like stuff that needs to get done like right away. Right. So if, uh, something breaks, they'll have to go in and fix it. If there's like some, you know, a group of cheaters, they have like a cheating detection team that gets on that, but basically their entire business, as I've described to you, most of it isn't even dedicated to building like the year expansion. It's built around the model of the live service and keeping players happy and keeping the game moving and keeping the servers live and all that stuff. They don't always nail it. I'm one of Destiny's biggest critics as a, as a guy who plays the game a lot. But the, you, you can't deny that they have the model down and they know what a game service has to be to be successful. Okay, hold on, hold on. Right? Real quick, real quick. They know what it has to be, yeah. It, yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like yeah. that is the model to go with. For sure, which is why Sony bought them. Sony's it. like, we want that. Yeah, right. The fact that you know what that model is, but apparently no other company can figure it out. I mean, it, it's Destiny. I mean, I'm, to a certain extent, Fortnite. But I mean, the thing that you just described sounds like what every other team or development, you know, company should be should be doing. Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, that I mean, that so, is so exactly. Why, so why don't they do that? It, it, so so a few things. One. Um, there aren't many people who know the the ins and outs of how all these teams work. Like if you talk to talk, if you wanted to know, like how does Alpha and Omega, how the heck do they get content out every six months to support the three month seasonal model? The ins and outs of that are very tricky. I'm sure that they've learned best practices, which is why Sony bought them. Right? Sony's like, we want that right now. Um, sure. As for it, the other thing is, it requires a lot of money. You have to invest a ton of money and divide into separate teams and come up with cohesion between those teams so that alpha isn't making content that omega is basically already making and you know there's like a lot of problems i assume in developing it and so the actual um secret sauce i think is still very secret in how those teams actually function and also it's just a huge investment you have to build the team up enormously it's yeah it's and you have to sure. yes and you have to be sure your game is going to succeed so a lot of live service games don't have that model because they're waiting for the game to come out and see if it clicks and then if it clicks build upon it because they don't want to build this whole team around a live service model and then the game comes out and flops and then they have to figure out a way to get rid of 800 people and so a lot of it is like fear right like i guarantee to you the reason anthem didn't have that model in place isn't because they didn't know about the model it's because ea is uh very stingy with their money and they didn't want to commit 800 people to this team before anthem even came out because they weren't sure it was going to hit and then it did hit and then they went oh crap well now we need to build the team wrong they already screwed it up right but just then and there and so destiny's lucky because they didn't have that team in place when they launched they had didn't have really much of a plan they had right. some stuff in, in 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 the pipeline but they didn't have the model right um but but it was okay back then because there were no other live service games and they were kind of figuring it out as frontiersmen um and so now if you if you make a big bet like halo you have to hire those people. You have to figure out the model. You have to communicate with everyone in the team and how the pipeline is going to be run. And then on top of that, yes, you have to talk to fans and respond to player feedback. That's just normal game stuff. Uh, but but yeah, that, that model is there. It's just that it's enormously expensive. It's super complex. You have to have that cohesion between teams. Uh, and, and as soon as 343 launched Halo Infinite, it was clear from everything in their messaging that they had not done that. 
And that's why I was scared. Could, could you do that on a smaller scale where it takes a little bit less money, less people? If Probably. The game is scaled with the game. Yeah. So, so I, uh, example, Fall Guys. Fall Guys has a live yeah. service model. They put out content. It's smaller. It's uh, less ambitious. But that's fine. Uh, but the the... And, and I think you also, it, it's really a triple A problem. Like Destiny has that model because they're making triple A content. If you're not making triple A content, it's sort of a whole over uh, other beast. But um, Halo had to have that. Halo had to have the multiple teams working on pipeline from day one, which they didn't have. Well, there's um, a huge spotlight on Halo, right? I mean, Halo is a yeah. massive IP with a, a massive also, player base and fan base. Yeah, and also Microsoft couldn't let it fail. So it's not like Halo was going to come out and they were like, well, let's wait to hire because if it flops, we're not going to follow up with more content. It's Halo. They know exactly <laughs> what's going to happen when the game comes out and they should have been prepared. They, basically, they had no excuse to not build the structure behind a live service model. They had no excuse and they didn't do it anyway. Yeah, yeah that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that there's so many facets to this conversation yeah, I could touch on more. Um one of the things I've I've preached about before to that point, and I, I wasn't really going to bring it about bring it up today, but um, you know, three four three is in terms of a single studio. Three four three is a big studio, um, and then they have obviously uh, other third party studios that that work with them on Halo Infinite. There's multiple that contribute to Halo Infinite. Contractors come in. Certain affinities, one of them, and um, you know, there's there's a lot of development talent that goes into making a game like Halo Infinite. But my my point has always been Halo as an IP, uh, using Phil Spencer's own words, is uh, has the scale of being something like a Star Wars, and it has all these stories and characters. I just said this a bit ago, right? If if we all agree that Halo has this potential to be this kind of all engrossing IP. And we feel like Halo can be that. And it can tell multiple stories and could have multiple games running simultaneously. Not necessarily multiplayer, but, you know, story and narrative and all this. Why have we not seen the type of investment for Halo, especially for Microsoft, that we see for something like Call of Duty? Because Call of Duty, as we all know, um, you know, obviously massive. Their sales are through the roof. We don't have to talk about Call of Duty. But my point being is that Activision has basically moved all of their development talent, eight studios worth, in addition to contractors and third-party help, but eight studios' core development worth to Call of Duty as an IP. And that's why you have an annual Call of Duty. That's why you have Warzone. That's why you have DMZ now. That's why you have Call of Duty Mobile. Um, you know, you have Call of Duty. It's just a gigantic, monstrous IP, right, in the AAA gaming space. Um, but look at the development talent and the investment they put behind it. Now, of course, the revenue supports that, right, because Call of Duty makes billions and billions of dollars a year. Um, but again, if Microsoft is truly all in on gaming and Microsoft obviously has the resources, we don't have to talk about that. Right. Um, why do we not see that same level of investment for halo as an IP? Not necessarily multiplayer. You're talking possibly like some single player. I'm just talking about general, like, like just in general, the investment, I think, I think it's a great question because like even destiny before it was that big of a name, it wasn't like a huge success. Activision was like getting secondary studios to help make content, right? Like they got like, I think it was moon studios to like work on uh, a, se a second. It was, it was the one that Hoag's, uh brother used to work for, right? Like that studio was, was contracted to work on a piece of 
campaign yeah. for and, and three four three does that to a degree, but it's not. We're not talking on the same scale, right? They, yeah, I, I think they they're doing it for their battle royale thing, and they've done it for um some of the cinematics, right? In the past, they've had like them. They even had that work stuff. on season two. Going back to not having a plan, yeah. they had to contract yeah. work for season was, two. Was there a plan that they were just going to contract the entire life service model out to somebody else? Because that just seems like it. It was built to to explode. That's kind of my question, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, and I, if you want to answer your question, yeah. I don't think there's a. a an answer any of us can give you because we're all just baffled by this right like you it's your biggest franchise you keep saying that you care about it immensely you know it's going to be a hit or at least if it's not a hit that you're going to build it into something that people care about and you still didn't make those investments and didn't make those bets that you should have it's a failure of planning it's a failure of leadership it's no surprise that this happened probably happened too late right for them to make this course correction because now halo just has this scarlet letter on it of of halo infinite just being like this not success even though it, it was a great game when it came even out. though it is a success um, it is a and success. That, and it's a great game but the, the 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 utter failure of the live service model that was promised makes the game look like it was a failure even to people yeah, there, there's it. a visibility issue for sure yeah um and a reputation issue the, the one thing i do want to be careful of as we're talking right and, and you guys know i've preached about this before as well as i have most things halo um but the game is a success in the sense of it launched extremely well right it was critically reviewed well um and it had a lot of players now what game pass you know uh, forget about that for a second but a lot of players it is still one of the most played games on xbox and i stress that all the time the 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 thing you see on twitter from some users of 343 killed halo and halo's dead and no one plays it that's nonsense all right it's still one of the most played games on xbox platform uh period um so let's i just want to be careful as we're talking about this we're not saying the game is is in a complete failure state but there were failures of direction and management of the ip um and where it needed to go and if i seem salty it's because i love halo and I specifically even loved Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite is one of my favorite games on Xbox right now. I'm going to go and play that co-op campaign with a buddy of mine pretty soon. I play the uh, multiplayer whenever I've got time to do it. I think it's probably the best multiplayer shooter sandbox, period. And I say that as somebody who spends three hours a week on YouTube complaining about Destiny's multiplayer uh, bullshit sandbox that they've got. Um, so, you know, it's, I love Halo, and that's why I'm so pissed off. That they that the, the the schematics were right there. They had the model that they knew that they could use to to make this a success, and they didn't do anything to to prepare for that or to build it. And it just it just bums me out, man. I'm so bummed about this. <laughs> well, how, how did how did Halo Wars and that was that Spartan Assault? Is that what the other didn't they release a uh, Halo Wars one and two, and then Spartan Assault How and Spartan do? Strike were top-down twin stick shooters. They they, they were kind of little games. They weren't, you know. Sure, they but I mean that's that's kind of the direction you're talking about. You're talking the, about well, they they also didn't have live service models. Well, the, you don't. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's it's you're talking about Halo, the franchise, you know, branching out uh-huh. to different genres, maybe, and yes, you know, going to the TV show and you know all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, so I mean, what was it? Was it an issue with you know, people not engaging with that game or, you know, because I love Halo Wars. Oh, like you're asking, how did the other things outside of the mainline Halo games perform from an IP perspective? Right, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Mean, like, is, that, is that why maybe they're not, they haven't gotten to that point? Or do you see them maybe like coming out with maybe like an XCOM version of 
you know, I, I don't, I don't know what they'll do in. next, but I do want to dispel something I've seen online a lot since we have a moment to do that. Um, people who say, oh, well, the problem is that young people just don't care about Halo. Oh, young people. <laughs> that is a fixable problem, sir. And it's very easy. <laughs> All you have to do is make a great game and support it. And people who are young will like your game. And they, they don't, it doesn't matter, right? Like there's a whole generation of people that are way younger than me who love star wars and i grew up loving star wars you can make the old new again if you make good content that people care about they will come right the young people will care if it's a good game guess what young people also didn't care about Fortnite, you know five years ago before it came out or whatever it you can make them care about it you just have to build that foundation and build on that franchise and so people who say oh well it wasn't really fair because young people don't care about halo it's their own damn fault young people don't care about halo it's not like young people <laughs> hate halo because it's the super racist you know uh you know game with like terrible it was made by a plantation owner and they hate it it's like no dude it's a fine game that they would like if you just supported it and, and marketed it to those people so i don't think it has anything to do with the halo franchise they just they they have no excuse for this who okay. doesn't like space marines I'm going to yield to you guys yeah. on the Halo stuff because I have no idea. <laughs> well, I, I one of the member I said there was other topics I wanted to touch on here. That's one of them. I've seen, you know, you, you get this news, which is, um, you know, we, we've covered it already for the last 45 minutes or so. Uh, but some people then, of course, have to take that to the reactionary and outlandish idea of like shelve the IP and and rethink it, make it a horror game and make it this and make it that. It's like, no, no, you know, <laughs> again. Halo Infinite is played by millions of people. It's one of the most played games on Xbox, okay? Yes, they've had failures of live service delivery. We've just covered all that. That doesn't mean you take your IP that is 20-plus years old that millions of people adore, like myself and many others, and just blow it up. Like, that. that's not the solution here, <laughs> to Travis's point. You fix your delivery issues with the IP you have that is already beloved, and you make a great game that people want to play that keeps them coming back for more. No, you, this idea of blow it up, shelve it, change it, stop it. It does. It, that's no. You're 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 out in left field. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. I guess it's the shortest way to say, Travis. <laughs> yeah, um, we got a couple of shots. There's been a bunch of comments. Uh, I appreciate all the passionate kind of chatter uh, about this. There's a lot of comments I wanted to get to um, that I've either missed or they've gone way by. Uh, there's a couple others I want to touch on, though. We've lost them. They're gone. We've lost them. They're gone. They're gone forever. I can never see them again. Um, Tal uh, has a super chat here I want to get to. Yeah, live service games don't work. Thank you, Tal. Uh, there are always half baked content uh, is added in right after release. None waits, uh, no one makes funds uh, to add content. Name one that has released fully uh, made that was released fully made. I'm assuming uh, none really have. Well, that's my well, argument. I think I think Tao misses the entire point as you do, Dan. Which is the whole no. point <laughs> of releasing a live <laughs> service okay. game. The whole point is that the game is never finished. And so yeah. to say that the release it, I would argue that a non live service game it intentionally limits what its vision is so that when it puts it out you go oh well that's fully released i guarantee it wasn't fully released on what the developers wished they could have put in the game right a lot of stuff got cut you just didn't see it and so the live service is sort of opening up that model and saying okay well we know we're going to release a game that's not our full vision and we're even going to admit that to the fans and then we're going to promise them we're going to build that vision with them and so the the whole beauty in the model is that it's released unfinished and then they make it the best version that they want it to be and that makes games possible that aren't possible in the normal model that's just true it's just true mm -hmm. that that's possible look to a lot of live service people 
people who've made games, developers who say, if it weren't for this model, we never would have been able to make this game. It's just true, right? And so I get the frustration of like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm 50 years old yelling at the cloud. Fine. You guys want your game released and you want it in the box and it to be fully finished. <laughs> uh, I, I I appreciate that. I think I think some games should be that. I don't think every game should be live service game. I don't think it makes sense for a lot of live service games. And I think that when people point at the games that released half-baked, they're pointing at the worst actors in the games as a service model. It doesn't mean the model is a problem. It just means certain developers and certain games effed it up, right? You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, like uh, you know, yeah. It's like pointing a big, at a big, big graveyard. Yeah, it's like pointing at a things. badly run business, right? And going, wow, all businesses are bad. Or, you know, playing Nerf Legends and being like, wow, video games <laughs> suck. It's like, you can't just point at the worst example and be like, oh, well, that must be true of everything. And it's the same with live service. Oh, I agree. I mean, there, there's, there's right. a certain, it, it has a place that place is not on my console. <laughs> Very well. That's fine. And, and that's look, fine, they're not, right? They're that's not fine. Everybody. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm just saying. If you don't want to be along for the ride and see the game evolve, then you don't do it. But I will submit to the court that Dan is full of shit because he plays <laughs> Hitman, a live service game, Go Home Jack. That's no, what there's, I'm there's a difference. Here. I'm going to tell you what the difference is. Okay, there, is, there was DLC for it. There was a DLC pack. Everything else was free. I don't have to pay anything for that stuff. I don't need to. I, there's no microtransactions in Halo or in Hitman. You know, three. There's there's none of it. It was it was a fully rec realized game with a DLC pack, which I miss. We don't DLC get those pack? like we used to anymore. Did you, I love did you the old DLCs. The, did you pay for the DLC pack? Of course I do. There you go. <laughs> uh, microtransactions, bro. That's the same thing. They just charge no, you. It's not. not even close. They just because it's you done. It's over. It's now it's finished. There was one <laughs> DLC pack. The game's finished. Then what then are they, you excited they, about they, they, Hitman 3? Hold on. They put out content, right? At, at, at its core, I will <laughs> agree with you that Halo or Hitman 3 is a live service game. However, it is the most poorly implemented live service as far as a content perspective. They released, I think, one island or one new map the entire time it's been around. Everything else is basically reskinned uh, stuff, or they, they they highlight contracts that you know some of the community makes. You know, and it's 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 a very I love it. Again, love. So Hitman. what you're saying is you love a game with a live service model because you feel it's that it not, was done correctly. Yeah. Great, that's my point. That's my <laughs> point. It, it, it was poorly implemented. That's what I'm trying to say. It no, was good. It was a bunch of stuff. You know, we got a banana for Christ's sake you know, one month. And that was it. You know, it was just like, okay, this is, I mean, whatever. Call it a live service if you want to. You know, I, I think of Destiny, Halo, you know, Fortnite. That's live what service. I, I well, I mean, you uh, you know, Apex. I mean, Apex no monetization there. Apex is a great example, right? right. Very successful. Um, who came out of the gate a little slow, but they, they delivered. I think uh, Fallout 76 was a, a, you know, we can joke about how bad that launch was, was excuse me. But they've turned that around. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's examples of both. I think if the argument is some delivery is bad, I think we can all agree. And you can point to examples in any genre from any industry, uh, you know, as we're talking about this. So the argument is that gas games are going uh -huh. to eventually murder the stupid single player stuff. Bioware was the first, they're gone. Now they're kind of working on Dragon Age. We'll see how that happens. They'll probably implement some kind of live service into it. Uh, you know, 
gone, dead. Halo <laughs> campaign, dead. Dead. I think it. Dead. I think it's a self-correcting industry, though, right? I think that that's that's kind of the that's part of the horror and the beauty of it at the same time is that you look at let, let's use bioware right and use anthem because we love to talk about anthem here at bitcast we have for years now so you take anthem right and clearly uh bioware and casey hudson and that team look at destiny and its growing success at the time and say we can do that we're going to tell a bioware story but we're going to do it in a continual model that makes recurring revenue, right? That's what that's what we're talking about at the end of the day. We're talking about recurring revenue. Right, which and Hitman, by the way, doesn't really have. <laughs> there is no recurring yeah. revenue model on Hitman. It's a DLC pack, and that's the only thing you've ever paid for. Everything else is free. So okay. You really to pay for All right. I, I like that you took it back to Hitman, but back to Anthem. Back to Anthem. So that that fails right we, we're not going to rehash anthem right so now bioware steps back casey hudson's gone again and they rethink and they say you know what we need to get back to doing what we know we do well right and that is telling stories we we talked to um i always forget his goddamn name mark mark dara mark. thank you god sorry mark apologies but we talked to mark about this right Get back to telling stories. Get back to what they're doing well. And that's what they're doing, supposedly. We'll see. Delivery is TBD. But with uh, Dragon Age Dreadwolf and um, what is to come of the next Mass Effect, right? Um, so we'll see what happens there. But I think, and, and what we're seeing, it feels like we're in the middle of, at the moment, is what is happening with Halo as an IP and as a studio with 343. Is, okay, we came out of the gate. We've let players down from a live service perspective, like we've talked about. Um, we need to rethink on how we deliver continual successes and narrative events in the Halo universe. And we're in the middle of what's happening for that shift now. Whether or not they deliver in the future, they're successful, who knows? That's all TBD. But I think it studios either die or they correct. And I think, uh, you know, we saw similar with Bethesda. Think about Todd Howard's presentation on fallout 76 right the famous it just works line um <laughs> obviously we we know what happened with the launch of that what, game we that, know what's happened fallout since 4? fallout 4 was the it just works yeah, maybe that was it yeah, i'm one. pretty sure it's fallout 76 okay well i'm pretty sure chat correct us i, th correct I think us. Fallout 4 he said he said on e3 stage it just works and then it was like one of the things in the game that doesn't work i think the building he was talking about the building mechanics in fallout 4 and then I thought he was referring to something in the co-op yeah. in 76. Because <laughs> Fallout 76 wasn't even made by Bethesda proper. It was made by ZeniMax online. So No, but Todd Howard did a presentation on Fallout 76. I think he in talked about it in his presentation where he talked about like all this Fallout stuff they were doing. I, who, who, who I think you're right. With Fallout yeah. Shelter and stuff. But anyway, the, yeah. po the point yeah. is, right, they correct and they learn along the way. And if a studio dies, uh, what happens, and you've talked about this a lot, Travis, is those talented developers sadly find new places, but we see their talents shown in other games. And it, it it's an interesting industry for that reason. And it's part of what I love about it. Um, but I think we're going to see, you know, obviously in the coming years, it goes without saying, we're going to see what happens in the in the Halo space for the IP as a whole. Um, obviously I'm bullish because I tend to lean on the more positive side around what we're going to see long-term and based on what I've heard. Um, but I also am realistic in the sense of anyone who is thinking we're going to get some additional halo narrative, uh, kind of, uh, you know, delivery in the next couple of years, you're fooling yourself. It's not, it's not going to happen. Probably not. So, which sucks. It sucks. 
right? And anyone who's finished Halo Infinite knows that game ended, especially on the legendary uh, ending. It ended on a very nice setup for what's to come. A very big event in the Halo universe um, with probably the best antagonist we've ever seen in the Halo universe. Um, And it's a shame that who knows when we're going to see that or how we're going to see it at this point, right? So Sad, man. It is. It is. I'm I'm still super excited about Halo Infinite this year, right? What's to come? Uh, and HCS and Pro League and all that. I'm super excited about all that. But the, the campaign stuff, it's frustrating, for sure. Looks like uh, the verdict's in on uh, It Just Works. It was 2015 Fallout 4. Oh, you got me. Yeah. You got me. Okay. All right. Fair um, enough. Thank you for checking us. I don't like that Travis won. So, you know, next <laughs> I just, time, just keep I, your I mouth shut, room. all right? I was, I was in the room for that one. So I just remember it pretty <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um Man. That was uh, that was a good conversation. I, I, I honestly, there's more that I can add wanna, to it. Do you want to talk about rock steadies? Uh, yeah, I've got that comment here, and we've got another super chat from Tal too. So, Lord. this is an old comment that came in a bit ago from Christopher Jetzer. But I mean, you know, we're talking about live service. We're talking about a change in what a company delivers, yes. and as we seem to know, here you go, right? Rocksteady got big for the Arkham Knight games. They've been working on Suicide Squad for years now, many years. And they're about to deliver a game at the end of May, if the release date holds, that will be their first foray into live service delivery. Um, by the way, we know how Avengers did. Rest in peace, Avengers. Very different studio. Very different very situation. Very different uh, pedigree of studio, I would argue. Very true. Um, so I, I want to um, just say that I love rocksteady and i think they're a super talented studio and i think that they could absolutely make a game like suicide squad work with games as a service model 100 that said we have seen ultra uh talented studios that are clearly capable of making great games fail at the live service model without the right investments and the right planning and i keep hoping that one of these days all the studios will learn from the failures and not make the same mistakes but we have shown that so far that hasn't happened so far there hasn't been one failure so high profile that everyone went wow we should definitely not repeat that mistake because we've seen repeated mistakes a lot in this industry and so i think they can absolutely make suicide squad a success the inclusion of games as a service features does not uh make me upset at all Um, but it is a harder a uh, thing to accomplish even for a studio as talented as rocksteady and i would put them up there in probably my top five most talented studios currently making games right uh so i'm i'm 100 uh on board if they can nail it but again great great studios have failed to do the live service thing before the other thing is even though some people don't like to talk about it lots of single player games are games as a service they're all Ubisoft games. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Assassin's Creed, sorry to say, is a game as a service game. They have that model. They have microtransactions in the single player. They have cosmetics. They release content all the time. They communi- They uh, uh, have back and forth with their community where they talk about how they're rebalancing the game and adding new content. They're not the same thing as like a Destiny because the goal isn't to go on for 10 years, but they definitely have, a, I would say like 75% of the same stuff that you would expect from a live service game and we don't know the specifics on rock studies because it's just a leaked screenshot it very well could be an assassin's creed like model where it's 
mostly a single player game, but it has live service type stuff in it where, you know, they're adding content and there's cosmetics you can buy and that sort of thing. And if that's the case, I think a lot of players need to calm down and reset their expectations a little bit. We don't know what this game is like. They haven't talked about it, but trust the studios that have delighted you in the past and you will rarely be disappointed. 343 being a notable exception. Hey, if you, if you, sorry, I'm sorry, but they disappointed me this week. I'm a little salty. Um, also, whoever was in the YouTube comments saying that I'm an Xbox fanboy a couple months ago, I want you to watch this episode and recomment and apologize. Um, <laughs> I'm not an Xbox fanboy. I just, I just, I, I'm mad at everyone. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think 100% trust the studios that you, that, that you like, that you think have good employees. Um, and I think Rocksteady has earned my trust, certainly. And I think a lot of people out there, they, 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 they probably have earned your trust. And so give them a chance. Believe that this is the game they wanted to make. Hopefully they'll get the model right. But I, I, I'm so I excited for the game. But the, the fact that, uh, you know, we now know that uh, uh, Suicide Squad has live server. It doesn't bother me, to your point, today, right? I'm still waiting to see what delivers. I think the gameplay that we've seen looks fantastic. I'm excited to play it. If... It fails on whatever front from a live service perspective. I will talk about it at that point. But I, to, I guess the, the quickest way to say it is being live service or having live service elements does not preclude it being a bad game. No. I think, yeah. I think that's fair. The, I mean, it, it's, it's <clears throat> I don't see the reason for it, I guess, necessarily. You could have made a nice four-person co-op game. And, you know. You got Gotham Knights. It's still going to yeah. be that. But yeah, as, <laughs> yeah, as, as, as sure. we all know, a non-life service game can come out and be yeah. terrible, right? So I mean, I just don't, uh, yeah. It doesn't need to be. <laughs> I said you got Gotham Knights. He went, yeah. <laughs> don't even start. I don't even want to get started on that whole thing. I know. I know. I said it for a reason. I love, I love Rocksteady too, Travis. And I will give him the benefit of the doubt until I see the game. And then we'll go from there. That's basically all right. I can say. That's yeah. all I can ask. And I, I just right. think that's a good rule for studios that have earned your trust. Be skeptical of the ones 100%. that you don't trust. But Rocksteady, they don't deserve this flack. The last game they came out with was amazing. So let's just let's slow our roll and see what their vision is. That's what I said. Yeah. yeah I'm fair less enough. excited than I was before. And that is Not 100% fine. You know, but think about it this way. Think about it this way. If it's your favorite Rocksteady game, better than arkham city but it has hitman like content delivery after the game comes out yeah come on come on you buy that as long as i don't need anybody else buy that dlc you know i'm fine yeah. with it yeah. that's fine uh half the game's locked behind four player co-op dan yeah i'm kidding Probably. i'm kidding i don't need dan to go hurt someone today yeah. um all right let's get some of these super chats you never know anymore all right tau gas games Five dollars super chat. Sorry, uh, gas games ripped off the blueprint from fighting games, cut content, and stretch it out. It's a BS practice that never should have been adopted. I agree with that. Uh, maybe not, I, mean, I don't know about fighting games because I don't play fighting games, but I know I hate that model. I hate when you, yeah. you know when you, when you see something that's like, oh yeah, look, here's all in all the files they have all this stuff from like all this content that is either okay. coming. You know, and all I'm right. sure I have, to, I have to dispel this yet again because people. <laughs> All right, let me dispel this yet again because people don't know how game development works. There is a difference between cutting content so they can resell it to you later 
and not being able to finish content yes. in time for the game to be released and then finishing it later. And if the files are in the game, it does not mean that they literally finished it and took it out. It just means that there's there's junk code left over from an unfinished feature, which is in every single game, okay? That said, there are some games that absolutely developers have been bad actors, pulled features, sold it to you separately. That is shitty, but you should not assume it of every game. It is almost never the case. Again, you're looking at Nerf Legends and saying all games are crappy. It's just, it's just not, let's not make some broad sweeping uh, statements about games. That, that's not how game development works. People, developers' goal is not to rip their game apart and then sell it to you piecemeal. Some of them do that. I don't think it's the developers, though. You know, Deve I think it's like the publisher me, coming in and being like, hey, listen, we need to sell this down the line. Why don't we cut this little part out, put it in a DLC pack for $5 later, and then, you know, this is spider or whatever. I, I will, I will not... I will do not deny that that has never happened. I will tell you from my experience covering the industry, sure. it is it is almost always a we couldn't get it in time. Let's do it later and you know kind of build on our game in the future sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and people act like it's the case in every single case. I oh, no. I think it I think it is a very very minor uh, occurrence that that happens. And I think uh, making that sweeping generalization is generally not a, a not a great thing to do. It's just. You know my experience with it. Mm. <laughs> All right. Tal, thank you again, generosity man. Appreciate you. Midnight Drury, fifteen dollars super chat incentive to get a versus screen for Dan Travis. Yeah, versus, yeah, you guys might not have seen versus. it, but I uh, I typed in the chat that uh, I'm very proud of Dan for stepping up in Hogue's absence and debating Travis here. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I will get I will have a versus screen ready for next week. I promise. And I suspect, by the way, that, that Hogue would be on, on Dan's side for the most part. He probably would have been on my side with all the, the stuff I had to say about 343. But I know he yes. generally doesn't live service games because he's old. And you know what? That's fine. <laughs> you, guys will, you guys will give way to the new one day. That's what we have to do. We have to die yeah. so the other stuff can, can live. Yeah. I understand. So we can evolve as a species. <laughs> Jerry, thank you so much, man. Google man gave us a super sticker dollar forty nine with a piece of pie. Yeah, I saw piece the pie. of pie. Perfect. Love I love the weekly. I look forward to the weekly Google man sticker. Yeah. In fact, we should start taking a poll at the start of the show to guess what the sticker is going to represent right. internally. You know, we can't tell him obviously, and then we can see who's who's closest every week. Just we'll have to start doing like that. Five minutes. <laughs> <Run the portal. laughs> Thank you, Google man and Fat Boy Harback. Yeah, with five years or pounds, actually. Yeah, yeah, sure it will. With all the cost cutting, uh, Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah, he's I mean, talking about Suicide Squad, good. obviously. Good. Yeah, and, and and you know, it, say what you will, but Rocksteady's two founder and co-founder left the company a few months ago too, which you know it happens sometimes prior to a major release, but you know, uh, I will say this: when, yes, when is it coming? Yes. Out? WB's May. gaming WB's gaming department is a dumpster fire, but but uh, uh, Rocksteady is their golden goose and has remained largely untouched through all of that. So I would just say I think they understand that Rocksteady is their exception, and there's lots of studios like that. 2K has kind of a similar relationship with like Gearbox and Borderlands and that sort of stuff. Not so much anymore, but you know, in their in their heyday, they kind of had that that uh, opinion of them. So I th I think Rocksteady is is just fine. They've also managed to do something that no other AAA studios have really done, which is retain almost their entire headcount. 
not lose. Usually when you have a big successful game, all the people that worked in the middle of the team get promoted to leads in other studios. They, you know, leave the company and stuff like that. Rocksteady has had a pretty consistent roster of people that worked there very much like Rockstar. So uh, apparently you just put rock in your name and, and that means you have a consistent, <laughs> you have a consistent workforce. Um, uh, but where am I? Yeah. I, go, I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel very good about uh, Rocksteady and, and I think they're making a good game. We'll see. Also, Batman's uh, in so it. Come on. Kevin Conroy as Kevin, Batman. Kevin Conroy's last performance is in it. Come on. I'm, yeah. I, I don't care about that. I really don't. All right. All right. Easy. Okay, easy. I don't even on, really man. care let's either. Not, but, let's you not know. dance on a grave here on, here on the show. Who's brave? Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. The Batman voice actor. This is Batman. He died. Oh, yeah, he died. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah, he's in the game. He's in the game. It's his last performance. Come on, so Dan. Down, Dan. I did not know. My bad. My bad. Sorry, I had to Dan. switch back to Somber Hogue for your yeah. commentary. You see what happened? <laughs> How is that Somber Hogue? The gold frame is somber. He looks like no. he's dead. Why are we? <laughs> no. no. Gold, gold frame is witty intellectual Hogue, ready no. to defeat you. Gold frame is. We gather here today to honor. Him. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Let's not. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, Laria in the chat, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing that properly, says what Dan has to say about live service games reminds me of how a lot of people feel about indie early access because some studios put their games out missing core functions. It makes people leery of that model. So I understand mm -hmm. that. I mean, I think that's fair. Early access is kind of similar in, in a way. Uh, Dev Floyd says gold is regal hogue. <laughs> I like Regal Hope. Um, so, by the way, uh, amazing conversation today, guys. Um, chat, you've been just on fire today. Please hit that like button. Please uh, share this out if you've enjoyed the conversation. Um, let me let me close on this point, guys, because I got to be honest with you, right? I run a small outlet, uh, core gaming community, but season gaming. And uh, I preach a lot about um, not sharing uh crappy leaks and misinformation and you know all that and so obviously me putting out an article and kind of corroborating some of the uh, information that was shared by bathrobe spartan shout out the bathrobe spartan account by the way um and a few others around what was happening with 343 um you know obviously for me that is something i don't typically dive into um but as i said i felt confident doing that and um you know time will tell and I know that other people, especially some larger content creators, have said it's BS or they don't agree or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's a weird place for me to be in. You know what I mean? Um, looking out over the industry. But I think that uh, um, I'm I continue to be confident and I just watch over the next 18 to 24 months. That's what I'll say. You're not going to shift core development of single player triple a games in a short time frame it just doesn't yeah. happen yeah i agree it just doesn't it's, happen it's gonna, it's gonna take a really long time the one yeah. good thing they have is that they spent like what four or five years building that engine and that engine's pretty badass and, and yeah and they and they and specifically from what we heard is the engine is is you know i know that the engine continues to improve and that it will, will be continue to be utilized and is open to other resources under the xbox game services umbrella kind of like your decima engine for playstation right it's shared among the studios slip space can be that as well yes and i i think i think slip space will be used by whatever development team they have take over this and i think that's going to be uh, i think that's to their credit because it's built to do yep. a very specific halo thing and i think it does it very well i think i, I think halo infinite's a fantastic game correct 
Correct. Mm-hmm. All correct. Um, so I'm excited, you know, just to close, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. Like I put in my article, the one thing I didn't get to touch on, and I know we're, we're, you know, going long a little bit here, but I just want to mention, and I said in my article, I was putting on my tinfoil hat. So this is not, I want to be clear. This is not something that I've confirmed or talked to anyone about. This is me working in a big corporation and having a lot of experience with shifting resources and kind of, uh, bureaucracy within a corporation. What I put in my article that I could see happening behind the scenes is we know the one thing we know for a fact, because we've verified this many times over, is that Halo Infinite's development was impacted by contractors moving in and out um, and not being able to stay on the project long term because Microsoft has corporate wide policies around how long contractors can be in their engagements. Um we also know that that created a loss of institutional knowledge, right? You have to train people up and educate them on what they're developing and coding against. Things were changing. Services were changing. It's just a, it's a mess once you get into the details, right? What I foresee happening, and we'll see if we're still doing big cast in years to come. We'll see if I'm right about this. This is a guess. Is that one of the benefits you can look at of moving core development or at least mainline development of assisted Halo projects under all of Xbox Game Studios, right, is that those developers that are in all these different studios, 23 studios, more, obviously, if Activision Blizzard comes on board, is that those are full-time employees, right? And you can start to map out long-term under the umbrella a picture of what development looks like and what support is needed, right? And you can pick teams and people that are familiar with the engine, that are familiar with the APIs, and that have no concerns about limited time engagement to assist on and work on these projects. And that can be a huge benefit to long-term development uh, that gets you away from a lot of the problems that we know impacted Halo Infinite negatively. So um, again, that's my my guess, but we'll see what happens with that. Mm. Well, just wanted to add that. I felt like I needed to say that. It was in my article. I just wanted to touch on it. So, um, okay. So, guys, I know we uh, we got a couple other things this week. I'm gonna actually skip. We'll save PlayStation VR two for next week. We did get the launch lineup of what that's gonna look like um, uh, this week, and we're only you know as we sit here, we're literally one month out to the day. It's January 22nd as we record this. February 22nd is PSVR two. I will be covering that. By the way, I'm getting it. I'm doing the review of Horizon Call of the Mountain be covering that for season gaming uh so i'm excited about that we'll talk more about that next week i guess what will uh the last topic for us today then we'll talk about the last of us did you guys watch it what do you think of episode one what are you doing travis <laughs> i didn't watch it no no what i got i'm the only one that watched last of us yeah i mean I, I saw it i was like oh i'm glad it's good i played the game I mean, I'm not like that. I'm just, I just refuse to pay for any more subscription services until it's all out. That's my, that's my thing. Okay. 2022 right. was the year of getting rid of subscriptions, and I've done a pretty good job. So, fair enough. I thought we were going to have a conversation here. Okay, I liked it. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was, it was well shot. It was well acted. Um, it's a pretty close to, to direct adaptation, as we figured, right? Um, there are scenes that are almost one-to-one from the game to the show. Um, but I will say, and I talked about this on cast that, um, I watched it with my wife and I watched it with my 80 year old mom who would never watch that if it weren't for me. And they both enjoyed it and are looking forward to it. Uh, the more episodes. I'm so, glad uh, I, 
I hope it gets them into video games. I'm already into video games. I've already played that game. I don't need to see the show. Maybe, maybe I'll watch it. I, I don't know. Here's, here's what will get me to watch it, Ains. If at the end he goes, you can have her. I'll watch it. If the last Spoilers. Episode, they don't know what I'm talking about if it's a spoiler. I know. I know. Sorry, know. Sorry Ains' grandma. Okay? I blew it. Uh, I said my mom, all right? Watch your mouth. Keep my mother effing. <laughs> uh, keep my, my mom's name out your mouth. Um, no, I'm excited about episode two tonight. Uh, I've heard from many people uh, in the industry who have watched the whole series so far that episode three is like, like some of the best TV they've watched. Like it's that like, good. Like so Master Cheeks level. Speaking of which, we'll see when we start to hear about Halo Season 2. Um, I'm very curious to do see what they do with that with new I showrunners. I cannot believe that show is getting a Season 2. Dude, it's uh, it was the most successful. Now, I know Paramount Plus isn't Netflix or, you know what I mean, HBO. But it was the number one show on Paramount Plus last year. And that's factoring. Keep in mind, they have Star Trek. They do have some bigger shows on that I, network. I get that. But there's a difference between uh, people watching because they like it and people hate watching it. <laughs> Being engaged, not all engagement is good. You know what I mean? Like people were hate watching that show. Who liked that show? Like really? Who liked? I it? I do know people who like that show. I genuinely Unbe do. I don't. Th I don't think those are real they humans. Don't I think they're bots. <laughs> I don't. I I've seen that show too much. I watched the whole thing to believe that any human likes it. I just can't. Look, in order in order for me to go on with my day thinking that humanity is a net good for the universe, I have to believe that no one actually liked that show. I have to believe that. I'm sorry. Was was it was it the number one show in the sci-fi category that showed some guys butt cheeks like a very No, 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 no. It's literally the number one show in 2022 on the entire service in terms of viewer count. Number like one is viewer count though. It's a viewer count. Question. Okay. Was it was how was it rated? What was the highest rated? I didn't show? say it was highest rated. You guys are acting like I'm defending it. I'm just know, telling I'm just you what happened. I know, but it's, it's, it, you're using marketing lingo to paint it in the best possible light, right? Like the most yes. watched show implies some level of, you know. I agree, but yeah, but again, we we have to we do have to remember that our community, right? The the people in our chat, us, the people we talk to every day, is a, a microcosm, right? Yeah. For all we know, there's people out there who didn't know what Halo was, who turned it on, saw some sci-fi show, and they liked it. There's like three of those people. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go with with Fatboy Horrors theory, which is they're they're watching the Halo show for the same reason they watch this show because they hate me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just hate. sharing. And no, by the funny kidding. thing is, of course, is you know, uh, people had to point out and. In my opinion, the quality is not comparable. The quality of The Last of Us show is far higher than what we got out of Halo. And that saddens me. Uh, but people had to point out that 4. Point, if I've got this right, correct me, Chad, if I'm wrong, 4.7 million people viewed The Last of Us debut, the first episode, right? Um, which makes it the second most watched show on HBO uh, since Max came about. Only behind, uh, what do you call it? Dragon. House of the, House Dragon, of the Dragon, right? Which makes sense. That broke records, right? But 4.9 million people watched the Halo de debut. That's forget quality, right? 
Forget least, quality is the saddest thing you've ever said. I agree. I agree. But I, I just think it's hilarious that people have to point that out, right? It's like more people watch Halo than Last of Us. It's like, well, okay, sure. And who knows if that holds up long term? Who knows if that carries through the season? I don't know. All I'm saying is more that the- people were disappointed. Than, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a sad metric. Thing. Yeah, I, I would say that after episode one, we'll see how the series goes, of course, but. I watched Last of Us last week. Well, I know, but I mean, I, I watched it last week, right? And I, I love the game, of course. Um, but it, it, when I compare the uh, the quality, it, it's 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 a tough pill to swallow. Now, I will say, Don't. translating Halo and Master Chief and Spartans and sci-fi and elites and weaponry, you know, that's a harder thing to do than Last of Us, which is just a gritty. I'm in the sewer person-on-person talk it's a very different concept and story so i'll I'll give i'll give them that excuse if they want to use that but uh dude the problem i'm I'm looking for stuff i'm looking for stuff (laughs) yeah ains he had sex with the bad guy in front of a cortana and caused the fall of reach i just want to point that out it's just like in the books His, his butt cheeks caused the fall of reach Master Cheeks. Yeah. Just just That's, drink that in for a little bit. We can sit here. Oh, oh dr- drink drinking was done. <laughs> a lot of drinking was done. <laughs> you can spin it however you want to spin it. You can say however many numbers. Uh, <laughs> by the way, for people who haven't seen the show, yes, that happens. It happens. I'm sorry. It does. It's really in the show. He makes yeah. Cortano bang another woman, and then that causes the fall of reach. I just want to point that out real quick. Sorry, guys. Have I talked about how much I love Halo Infinite's multiplayer? I like it <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it's a hard week to love Halo. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, man. I love Halo. Nothing's going to stop my love of Halo. I'm here. I'm here. That's right. I will defend it. Um. Anyway, guys, it's been a great show. Chat, you've been awesome today. A lot of uh, interaction, a lot of laughs. Um. I hope that... Uh, I hope that you enjoyed the conversation around live service, uh, what we talked about with 343 and Halo, the future there. Um, leave us a comment. Let us know your thoughts. Um, I just appreciate it. And appreciate you know everyone who checked out my article. Uh, it's been one of the biggest uh, or most read articles that uh, I've had in a long time. And uh, like I said, I wouldn't have shared it if I didn't have good reason. So I'm glad uh, people enjoyed it, even if you think I'm making it up. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, been, uh, it's been fun. So thank you today. Thank you, everyone. Um, guys, what do we got uh, coming? Travis, I'll jump over to you for this first. Yeah, um, I've got a preview going live uh, this upcoming week. I think it's on the 26th uh, for a game called Wanted Dead. And I've got a review. Um, can you I talk, think... not to interrupt you, but can you say anything about that yet? Wanted no, Dead? I, I'll talk about yeah. it next week, but I, want, okay. I do want to tell you guys about it. Um, because I, I played pretty much the entire game. They sent me like a full copy of the game, even though it was just a preview. So I, I've played pretty much all of it. Um, I'm not reviewing it. Mitch Saltzman is reviewing it and he has a different opinion than I have. So I'll just no. give you that, that, uh, that preview. Um, uh, and then I've got a review for SpongeBob SquarePants, the cosmic shake that goes live, I think on the 30th. Uh, and that, that is a, that is a video game. You can watch me review if you want, um, on IGN.com. You can follow me on Twitter. If you like the things I have to say, if you don't like the things I have to say, 
tell your enemies to follow me on Twitter. That'll show them. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you can um, yeah watch the show here. I'm on the Destiny show. And uh, until next week, everyone, thanks for hearing me rant about live service games. <laughs> yeah by the way um so uh you see the you know you can find uh, the information on hoag's gofundme we are sending a care package to hoag uh we will share pictures of that next week because it's quite funny actually i was thinking about that today um so and we will obviously keep you posted on uh, on hoag in the future for me uh, i did stream halo last night for a while you can watch me uh get our butts kicked and ranked for a while if you'd like uh, i did talk a little bit about you know the stuff we talked about today not that you missed anything there but i'm going to be streaming for extra life again this year um so you know all the uh all the uh subs and bits and everything else for that uh go to extra life which is the children's miracle hospital in kansas city so uh you can find me porsche power on there just like everywhere else uh if you want to check that out once in a while and i'm going to be streaming more consistently uh halo where you can hear me yell and scream uh about how frustrated I am with the game that I love constantly. Uh, of course, uh, review season kicks off next week, basically with Dead Space. Uh, we have Forspoken next week too, boys. I know you're pumped. We'll talk about that next week. Um, By the way, uh, review copies of that are coming out the day the game comes out. Just want to point that out for those for those wow. in the industry wondering if that game is if they have uh, the day product. before it comes out. No, no, they're no, they're sending out the codes the day the, the codes. Game. Well, how, so yeah, not, I not the not the embargo. That not said the embargo. embargo was the twenty third. What's for that? The reviews. The review embargo is the twenty third, but they're not sending. How is the embargo the twenty third, and they're not getting the codes? The codes the are coming out. They're getting sent to people the day the game comes out. Wow, that's all I will offer. Yeah. My <laughs> I will offer that my friend Dash over at over at NXS Podcast, by the way, bet me last year that the game would be an eight or higher. And I bet him on that. Um, I'm going to have some fun next week. So we'll see. (laughs) Um, But we got Dead Space. We've got uh, Hogwarts Legacy coming in early February. And then it just, it snowballs from there at that point. A lot of amazing games coming or what should be amazing games coming. So stay tuned for that. And uh, Cast Co-op, the show I do on this channel, but with uh, Joe from the Trophy Room, Luke from Xbox Expansion Pass. We did our first show of 2023 this week as well. As Dan said, we got into a big debate about Halo and other stuff, which was kind of hilarious. But uh, it's always a fun show. It's very laid back, just kind of goofy show. So if you're looking for something else to watch gaming related, that is back as well. Other than that, I already said it. Thank you very much. Uh, chat anyone who listens to us later appreciate you please leave a like please leave a comment if you want to say something to us and anyone who listens on the audio side thank you so much uh reviews always help us out if you are so inclined until then we will be back next sunday Uh, i hope you all have a good week i hope you're playing stuff that you love and uh we will see you next sunday until then